0: everybody it's aldo gandhi and i just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened deep dish tees.com is where you go and that's tees with t-e-e-s clever name guys they're the new home of our merchandise you can get t-shirts you can get caps you can get coffee mugs you can get hoodies you can get all sorts of good stuff and you'll help out the bar with the purchase so head over to deep
1: find the
2: following disturbing discretion is advised
3: put the children to bed it's time for dan and aldo to bear their souls
4: i love the chicago bears more than i do masturbating and that is a lot
0: Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something-yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit in my pants. I swear to God, I literally did.
4: <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I-, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that
0: is. <laughs> if they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God.
4: Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because
5: they stunk.
4: I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out.
0: So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit
6: wrong? Ladies and gentlemen,
3: Dan and Aldo.
0: nation bears universe it's dan and all the bear their souls my name is aldo gandia and the handsome gentleman photographed to my screen left is none other than dan aguirre dan i got a question for you mm-hmm. do you still love the bears as much as you do masturbating that's debatable <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
4: it's the same thing that we were talking before we went on the air it's the same game over and over. Like you remember, we lost like ten in a row in the '90s through Wani and into the the, the uh, Dick Duran era. Mm-hmm. The, the the script was always the same. Either we lost by 40, or it was painful, and we had a we had a lead at the half. Even though they were really good and just won a Super Bowl against New England, we'd have them down at the half, and then they would make adjustments, and we would lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Wanstead's last game, it was with Steve Stenstrom. Same script: Steve Stenstrom against Brett Favre. We have the lead, we lose it after in the second half. It, it's I've been watching the same game for thirty years, and it's it doesn't matter who their coach is. They could have a little boy, in like they have right now, a, a fucking like four year old genius, and it, the Bears. It could be Cordell Stewart. It could be Jay Cutler. It could be Jim Harbaugh. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Our guy always throws a pick six. Their guy doesn't. They make adjustments. And there's always a freak play like the turnover that should have been that's negated by Vildor being out of bounds for like two seconds when he ran back in. And the the Packers guy can be out of bounds for 30 seconds, as you highlighted on Twitter, and they don't throw a flag. Mm Mm-hmm. There's always a play like that where you're, if you, but if you whine about it, they're like, oh, like that play was going to turn it, Mm -hmm. but you never know. There's always plays like that though, where the ball's just kind of laying around. Oh, the Packers have picked it up. It's a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Remember that week 17 of 2013, there's always a freak play that goes their way. Yep. That is so,
0: so true.
4: It's so, and that, that quick slant. You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know it's coming, but we always have our corner out of position, like going as if it's going to be an outside route. <laughs> we always have him playing the outside of the receiver when he should be playing his inside shoulder because the slant's coming. We can't stop it. Mm-hmm. It could be Don Mikowski a quarterback. We can't stop it. We're like a fucking impotent cock that just <laughs> flops around. Not that I would know anything it.
0: about that. <laughs> no, unfortunately, not yet. But the point is, we just can't.
4: We can't stop it, and it's maddening. And to hear Chris Collinsworth for three hours. Oh, did you know? That's why I put that Howard Stern thing. Okay, anyone else that's listening doesn't know what I'm talking about. But we put together six minutes of Howard Stern basically saying that Aaron Rodgers is a piece of shit, and that <laughs> I had to have that to balance out three and a half hours of Chris (laughs) Collinsworth basically trying to make him come on air
7: (laughs) and for him to be like, Oh, you know, Al Aaron was such a
4: victim. He was such a victim through this COVID process. He wasn't a liar and he wasn't, you know, whining when he was holding out and trying to force a trade and come back in the, Oh, I think they're going to be able to work it out now. Just this God, this incessant placating of Aaron Rodgers, Like he's the victim on everything. It makes me nauseous. It's unprofessional. It is. His job is to be subjective. Oh no, it's to be objective. I forgot. <laughs> wow, what a start for
0: Dan Aguirre. To hold that
4: thought. I'm gonna station off here. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I'll let people know what they have in store uh, for uh, themselves. What we have in store for them. Uh, listen to that. That sounds like a, a spaceship from outer space. I was uh, negligent in uh, not saying negligent and not saying yeah that's that's correct uh that johnny santucci is with us and so whenever in the chat room you see something from barroom network that's actually john in control of the barroom network chat i have opened up my little chat uh so if i share something it'll be under aldo gandhi and uh so john is on the board and uh will be joining us uh couple of hours into the show to share his thoughts about the world at large and maybe give us some winners because I see on, on Twitter that he is making some money. So that's always uh, good if you can share the wealth and... Um, okay, I'm back. Sorry. No problem. Stephen Me says, hey, man, fuck the Packers. Well, Stephen, I got bad news for you. We're going to be doing a lot of talking about the Green Bay Packers and it's not going to be pretty because Dan has come up with 10. Well, why don't you set it up, Dan?
4: I I, I figured we could do it like Godfather Two and have two separate stories going at the same time. <laughs> sure. So we don't do a a number ten, number nine, like back to back to back to back. Because like you said, uh, you know all those highlights. Back when are we going to talk? You know.
0: So well, and um, it's nauseating too because these these are not Bears wins. <laughs> right. So I try to come up with ten uh, sneaky bad moments that maybe we've forgotten
4: in the Bears Packers history. The obvious ones. You know, would be the NFC Championship, or the 2017 game, or I'm sorry, 2013 game, week 17, with it all on the line, and Randall Cobb, or you know, the first game of Nagy's tenure, mm-hmm. or the butkus Sayers game in '94, when they get their jersey retired, the rain, and then we lose by 170. You know, uh, but so I try to put together. I don't want to just be a masochist and relive all these terrible moments uh, that we, that I've just acknowledged, but I try to come up with 10 that are sort of sneaky. And one of them I'm very proud of in there is that play. I keep referencing to you in 2002 with Roosevelt Williams, the slowest secondary man in the history of professional football. As you'll see on the highlight, he ends up with the ball and Keith trailer running in 2001 against Jacksonville is quicker than this guy. Hmm. Or William Perry would have been quicker than this guy. And I'm not even talking Fridge in 85. I'm talking Fridge with the Eagles in 94. (laughs) He went that slow. Like, how is this man in the secondary and that slow? Only the Bears.
0: Yeah. Um, You are right. Only the Bears. And uh, I I just have to say that after sampling your 10 videos and after listening to the media highlights thing that I, I put together this week, and I might take that off your plate, Dan. I'm actually enjoying putting this together. It's it's an opportunity for me to hear what the local media is saying, and so I've been having fun with it. And and so we can have you cut more things like you did with this Packer thing, which is brilliant, by the way. Um, it's it's hard to cut. Like I saw you said
4: this one was longer than normal. It's sort of hard to cut things out. Like I said last week, when you're doing yes. it, you're like, oh, no, this has got to be in. This has got to be in. This has got to be in. And then before you know it, you're at 20
0: minutes. Yes, I'm over 20 minutes. I'm closer to 30 minutes this week. So it's, uh, I, I was, uh, I could not stop myself. I got I to put this in. I got to put this in. Well, this doesn't make sense, but I got to put it in. I'm talking to myself. And so uh, we have that. But after going through all of this, and, and even in the weeks prior, it's just sinking in on me. You know, and I hate to admit it because it's been, you know, I should have uh, realized this many, many years ago, but it's beginning to sink on me that the Bears are just never going to win another championship with George McCaskey leading the team. I have gone off of the Fire Nagy, Fire Pace uh, uh, storyline narrative to now Fire the chairman uh brad biggs sent out a tweet a tweet today asking hey mailbag is open let me get your questions and so i my question that i submitted he probably won't run it but he'll probably block you he, he probably will <laughs> and but my question was what does it take for the board of directors the chicago board of directors to uh oust uh george mccaskey now when michael mccaskey was fired in essence by his mother he was the president of football uh, – of the president of football operations. And so he was bumped up to the chairman position, which was empty at the time. He was bumped up into that role and then stripped of the president of operations. So it was basically the chairman thing was kind of a uh, symbolic gesture by by Virginia McCaskey. But this is different. This is This is George McCaskey making some decisions as to who to hire and who to lead the Bears – but well, the problem is his after 11 years of futility, 20 games under 500, only one playoff appearance in those 11 years that George McCaskey has been the chairman of the Chicago Bears. It is now time for us to set our focus on him. Nice guy. Super nice guy. If you ever meet George McCaskey, he's going to shake your hand. He's going to take a photo with you. He's going to be great. When I worked over at WBBN TV, he worked in the newsroom over there. I was in the programming, and I, I'd go over and visit. He was a sweetheart of a guy. He's a super nice guy. No, but, he ran away from us in Cleveland, though. Yes, he did. He took one look at you. <laughs> he said, that's a big Bears fan there. I got to get away. Yeah. And so it, it it's time to to reach to the upper levels of this organization and, and, and set the dynamite there, not at the coach's office, not at the general manager's office. It has to be with the chairman of the Chicago Bears and Virginia McCaskey and this board of directors, however they go about it, they have to say, George, it's time for you to give it up. And it's time for us to bring in an outsider to be the chairman of the organization and then start all over because this just looks like what Ryan Pace is going to leave the next general manager is a fucking colossal mess. And the only thing that's going to reduce it from a colossal mess to a mess is if uh, uh, Fields plays tremendously uh, to – to like Aaron Rodgers did for many years with the Green Bay Packers, He he, he his performance – uh, 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 overshadowed the inadequacies on defense and, and certain other parts of the team, but I, I don't. I, I just got a bad feeling that the rest of my life I'm going to be rooting for a team with nowhere to go except down or exactly where they're where they're at now.
4: I, I, I thought that as soon as the Cubs won, when the Cubs won the championship, I felt I'm going to be one of these old fucking guys that misses out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many terrible stories. I mean, good stories, but terrible for the individual people. Oh, my dad, my grandfather, all the you know, their dream was for a Cubs championship and people visiting the cemetery when it's about to happen. That's going to be me. I'm going to be the dead fuck when the bears, uh, when the time, and I knew that in 2016, mm. I thought that as soon as the Cubs won or on the precipice of winning, but I do, I do disagree on one thing, okay. uh, with you, uh, the, the stuff you say about McCaskey, of course, is kind of hard to argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not the part I disagree with. I still want Nagy gone. And the the move, and I'm not saying anything unique here. A lot of people felt, I think everybody felt this way. But I, I have to acknowledge, that, you know, you're down. I don't remember the exact sequence of the game in terms of the score. Uh, I'm guessing it was, what, 38-27 or maybe 35-27. Mm-hmm. And it's like fourth and inches and you, you punt. In the fourth quarter, he's got to go for it there. He has to go for it. Just punting there, I mean, you're giving up. You're a defense. You've already lost Roquan. You've got Eddie Jackson playing in the nickel because you've lost two guys in the secondary, and DHC's out for the year now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're down to your safety playing nickel, which I don't understand because you could have put Vildor back in at that point, and you've got Burns on the outside along with Johnson, but they've got Eddie Jackson playing the slot. Roquan's out. Your defense is, I mean, is not going to stop them at this point. And who knows what they're doing. There was that one sequence they had nickels at in coverage. What the fuck is going on? But the point is, if you punt in that situation, you're giving up mm-hmm. because they're going to score. Yep. You're- your only, Your mm-hmm. only shot is if somehow – you you
0: score on that possession. That's the only way you're going to be in that game. Yep. And he surrendered. And and uh, and the press conference after the game, he was asked about that, and he kind of hemmed and hawed and said, "Yeah, you know, I, uh, I." He he looked like a kid who got an F on his paper, and he's apologizing to his parents that he didn't study and so forth. And and then the next day on Monday's press conference, he says, "Yeah, I should have gone for it." You know, this guy cowardly move, you know, you know, you're on your last days, go out fighting, go out taking chances, go, go out, you know, doing something dramatic. And, and so that way you leave with a flare and as opposed to a whimper, which is what 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 you're doing now with the Bears. It's really, really frustrating. And uh, I don't know. I I, I I Why don't we get on to the media? because it is a long segment, and some of these topics that we have addressed and will address are covered here so we can react off of what is being said. Does that sound good?
4: Sounds good, and I will confess to you because, like I said, I worked 8 to 4, so as soon as the game ended, I had to go to sleep. So I've heard none of this. Anything you're going to play, I've heard
0: none of it. Okay, well, I've got some good stuff here, and this is all primarily either the night of the game or uh, or like the – Uh, Hamp OB show or the very next morning, and it's all local radio. So uh, here it is without further ado. Justin
6: Fields, who
8: I think had a really, really bad night. And you know what? We know about the pick six. We, okay, we, we got that. It, he was way late. But all night long, OB, he was not recognizing where the ball needed to go quickly enough. And everybody goes, oh, well, he shouldn't play. That's exactly why How he many needs times? to play so he can learn.
3: Right. How many times did he stare down? I thought he was actually, hopefully, he's looking to his left, looking to his left, and then he's going to go to his right, see if not there, then he's going to look for his third receiver. He looked them all the way down, Danny. Yeah What we just point out? Throughout the second half. He he never took his eyes off the receiver, and he did it the whole game. And, Glenn, let me ask you a question. I brought up in front of Mark and Dan. Do you watch Justin Fields' delivery? He has the ball. Okay, and let's say he's going to make the pass. He has both hands on a ball. He takes it in his right hand, drops it down to his waist, goes back, comes over his shoulder, and releases the ball. He does, and you can't do that. You can't do do that in this league.
9: That's why he's late on that out route, because he he drops it. Thank you, Glenn. Unless they fix that. And by the way, Ed, you know what I call that? coaching absolutely coaching. you mean coaching to tell me in the NFL, we, you correct that we've got it.
5: six
8: guys on the offensive backfield staff yeah we, we, coordinators head coach all of them they they haven't they haven't corrected anything
3: i've sat right. here when this kid has been in this game and today wasn't the only time gentlemen you dan and mark i've said this before i said look at his throwing right. my god it takes him all day to throw the ball he takes it up he's got it up on his shoulder folks that you're watching get the film if you can you'll know exactly what and guess what go the weeks before and the week before and, and you'll see the same damn thing you got to keep that ball up by your shoulder and let it go he drops it down to his waist back behind him up and over and throws it it's you're, you're not going to be a quarterback in his league for long doing that because you know what somebody's going to crack you and break you into let alone you not making it as a quarterback
9: and that throw when you have the normal release in an NFL quarterback it's .03 fields is .09 so it's you know you, you, does that sound like a lot not really but in the NFL when you're wide open by a half a step That's it's right. a pick
3: in it's this a, league and it's a sack that's what it is
9: and what and, and the bottom line is this you know people in film study they see
3: no, that and when
10: the
9: ball drops that's when they plant and break
3: and that's you, why every every uh, pass is basically contested dan you're calling it. glenn did you see how many times the packers defensive backs jumped the route did yep, you see how many times say yep. i'll guarantee yep. you there was a handful if not a half a dozen or more, where they jumped the route. Why? Because of his throwing. It's
4: very right. fair. Like he
11: had his two motion. picks. He could have had a lot more. He could have easily throw. had four picks tonight. Easily.
9: Easily. Yeah. Right, right.
10: Justin Fields, tough rookie. Played through rib injury, got back onto the field. And, you know, he, he had a, a telegraph pick six and he bounced back in a resili- resilient touchdown pass later. Overall, in your mind, did the good outweigh the bad from from the quarterback position for the Bears, or what did you
12: see and how would you assess it? Flashed a, a, a little bit, just a little bit. There was that, you know, I think he had a 19-yard pass to Darnell Mooney real early in the game. That was a good throw. The Demir Bird touchdown, it looks like they borrowed that from how the Vikings scored about three weeks ago against green Bay taking a wide receiver uh, in Minnesota's case, Justin Jefferson lining him up in the backfield as a running back and then using him on an angle route. Uh, get a lot of uh, man-to-man coverage from green Bay. So the, the bears game plan wise scheme wise, the bears uh, put in some, some good work that, that paid off. Uh, but, you know, I think I think if you start saying, "Hey, the good outweighed the bad here," uh, for the quarterback, you end up talking yourself into it, making a mistake. If you if you look at his numbers with 4:33 to go in the ball game, okay, that's when the Bears uh, regained possession of the ball following a kickoff after Green Bay had gone up 45 to 27, I believe it was. 4:33 left in the game. At that point, the Packers are going into a super soft defense because because they, they just don't want to give up a quick score. Quick score. Fields was 11 of 22 for 161 yards at that point. Of those 161 yards, you know, 45 of them count for that little flip to uh, Jakeem Grant. That that you know kind of jet sweep action there, and he pitches on the ball that counts as a pass okay not a run for jakeem grant uh and, and so every quarterback's going to have one of those uh something like that from time to time but boy you backed that out of there and, and he had 115 yards passing or so with four minutes to go in the game so I, I think i can see why people out there will want to you know say there was more good uh, than bad and the pass protection was awful and this kevin jenkins right. situation i who told you guys all along i couldn't find anyone out there that said he could play left tackle i wouldn't say the 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 good outweighed the bad
7: you know what's fascinating about it brad is i think that justin fields represents hope to a lot of bears fans and when you talk yeah. to people the thing you hear all the time is if he could only take that fourth quarter against pittsburgh and do that a whole game and I understand why people say that, but he's coming back from ribs. He's come, It just seems like they're asking him to do a ton. And he is a rookie quarterback trying to figure out how to play in the NFL. As you say, the protection was terrible. He let him in rushing because he had to take off a number of times. And he's playing with cracked ribs. I, I just think they ask him to do everything, and we, as a as – a, uh, as a a team of observers feel the same way, this is it. We get to watch the quarterback for the final quarter of the season. He's going to put up the same kind of, of, uh, fourth quarter against Pittsburgh every time out.
12: Yeah. And and it's just, it's not, uh, it's not something that that he can easily, uh, replicate, you know, he, he had a nice, second half
13: at pittsburgh it's a really simple play but it works great in man coverage like those are all really good plays and you don't hold them against them but if you think that this offense that was averaging 16 points per game coming in was going to be able to repeat in the second half what they did in the first half i think your expectation level was 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 way too high and it's what makes coaching so very important in the second half You didn't help out Tevin Jenkins. You didn't run the football. You didn't help your quarterback. It's just, you know, it's it's tough to watch sometimes. And at the end of the day, even if you do make some of the adjustments, and even if you do make good decisions as a coaching staff, you're probably not going to beat that Packer team because you're not better than they are, talent-wise. And that points the finger at the guy who is in charge of organizing the roster. So, again, we could sit here and hammer the coach all day long, and for good reason. Like, we've been critical when, it, when it's necessary. They don't make the necessary adjustments that other teams do. But they're also not playing with the same powerful hand that other teams are in certain instances.
14: Don't think they want Tevin Jenkins to play left tackle. That's what it sounds like to me that, that there is no, like if if he's out, then we got to huddle up and we got to talk. And then Matt Nagy saying, yeah, right, left, right. It could be, could be anywhere.
6: So Larry Borum in 33 games at Missouri with 19 starts, all of his starts as a senior were on the right side, right tackle. He quote, saw time at left tackle as a sophomore that's that's it. That's his college experience. Quote, saw time at left tackle as a sophomore. Yeah. As a senior, he's a right. Tevin obviously started the season at left tackle for Oklahoma State, then moved to right. They don't have one. They don't and, have one. And, and still, and, this is how scared they are of Tevin playing there, that they might move Borum
14: there, who didn't play there in college either. Right. It seems like they have no interest in doing the let him play through it thing. Like, they protected him a lot with, with the chipping that they were using last night. And even when protecting him, he was making mistakes and allowing rushers to get to Justin Fields. And
6: sometimes the help was Jimmy Graham, which I do not believe counts as help. Yeah. Well, they have to have someone there for him as
11: often as possible. I I don't know. I, I am of the belief that these guys need to play through it and that Justin Fields is going to maybe get hit a little bit more than you would like to, and that that sucks and I am as big of a fan of Justin Fields and a believer in him as the future of the franchise as anybody, but you are out of it. You are eliminated. You need to figure out and develop and see what the hell you have in these guys because I would—I don't know, call me crazy, I'd like to know heading into the offseason, is left tackle a need? Yes. Or is Tevin Jenkins going to be a guy who can be a starting now, left tackle? No, I,
6: I agree with that, and if you are feeling better about Boreham than Jenkins and you want to swap him, then 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 oh, okay cuz that way you're doing it you're letting them both play and letting them work through it while also theoretically protecting Justin a little bit. More. I just
11: think I just think they need to play. Like wh- you, they can decide if if Borum's ahead of Jenkins and you want to okay. protect the blind side more cuz Fields can protect himself more if Jenkins is further behind f- fine but like the, the end of this season is about evaluation yeah, here. Yeah, you'd rather have
6: these guys than Elijah Wilkinson eventually. People who
11: might be starters
6: for you
14: in building blocks of the future. Like, we, you need tape. Well, we always <laughs> talk about it, hear about it, and see it where coaches, organizations allow the quarterback to play through their mistakes. Like what we are seeing right now with, with Justin Fields. And we can go through the myriad of quarterbacks in the past who sucked in their rookie year and let them play through it. Is left tackle a position in which one can do the same thing? Can you, at that position, at this level, is that realistic to let that player play through it, especially when he had no training camp, no nothing, 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 up until he got into the game last week on a couple extra points, and now here he had to play full game and was exposed.
11: Olin said he thinks that he was impressive with his toughness and that he'll make a big step forward in the Vikings game. Okay. G- game plan for it roll them out to the right
15: out coached out schemed we don't have as good a talent obviously but you had you were in that football game your coaching staff was lousy at best last night
16: the uh, Bears should lose games like that because the Bears find a way to lose in entertaining ways, right? No participation trophy. And I love the Bears resolve from special teams, from fields, from the offensive line. But the talent in the secondary, the offense, it's just not there. It's just not good enough. And when we saw this game last night unfold, even though I think a lot of Bears fans felt good about that first half, again, you just knew the bob's was going to fall out because, again, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have you know, off games very often against the Bears. And so what we saw out there, Cap, is just really a microcosm of Bears football in which, yes, 30 points should be enough to... Uh, win the game, but not when you're surrendering 45. The Bears had so many self-inflicted wounds from Fields turning the ball over to the Bears not coaching well to a secondary that's just a sieve. They just got uh, Crawford or no Crawford, whoever's back there, it's just bad. And so whoever takes over this organization has a lot of work to do. It's not just Justin Fields being the quick fix. If that was the case, Jacksonville would be in the Super Bowl this year. That's not, it's not about a quarterback point is though it's more than just the development of Justin Fields that defense is shot it's not a surprise that the Bears lost the game but again it just shows you they lose in so many different ways like they did yesterday where they you look good in the first half and all of a sudden the bottom fall falls out not a surprise right well,
15: first of all when he says to Katherine Tappan I'm having so much fun out here who says that name me a, a quality football coach Like, does Bill Belichick say that? Nope. Does Nick Saban say that? He could be up with his great Alabama teams, 48 to nothing. And as he comes off the field, everyone's watching that interview like, is he going to bite her or his head off, whoever's going to interview him when they ask a question? I'm not satisfied. I didn't like this. I didn't like. I'm having so much fun out here. And everything you did basically in the first half was
16: unsustainable. Sure. You know what? It's, it, I'm sure he was having a lot of fun because it was 27 to 21 going in the half. So he never thought that the Bears had scored that many points. Uh, so I'm sure he thought that that was fun. But again, anyone that believes that that was fun is a loser. And Matt Nagy's a loser. If he really did say that, if that really was the quote from him, then that is a quote from a loser. Someone that says, oh, we won the first half, so we won the game. Well, I'm sure that you're excited that for once the Bears are able to score in the first half and not the second half. But the point is, is that anyone that feels like you've won the game after you're up 27-21, then you have the problem.
10: Send the message, hey, I want to play and was overruled 24 hours later. We've seen that happen before. We have no idea, folks. We have no idea what goes on behind the scenes at Hallis Hall when it comes to injuries, and when it comes to proud guys like Akeem Hicks. Maybe he felt like he was ready. Maybe they didn't want to put him out there and somewhere there's a conflict there and it is headed toward divorce, as you pointed out. So I don't know who his intended audience was, but it was strange. I will agree with you. That stood out for very odd reasons. As for halftime, Molly, the, the obviously that that's when it becomes less emotion, and more intellect, right? Because it, the Bears came out, and as we kidded last week, Aaron Rodgers did a tremendous job of getting the Bears emotionally ready for this football game. Okay, the Bears came out sharp, but it lasted for thirty minutes. Then they went into halftime. They regrouped. Then it's less about your heart and more about your head. What are you going to do? to counter what you know is coming. Packers had the ball. They come out, methodically march the ball down the field. They score, and the Bears didn't have an answer, and they stuck to what they talked about at halftime, which for what some reason was, hey, 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 Bill. Hey, hey, Bill, I got this great idea. Let's start the second half with the quarterback option play. You know our quarterback with cracked ribs? Let's expose him and run an option. It's really cool. I have this play collected in chapter five. And let's pull this option play out, expose his ribs, and make him pitch, and it'll be real cool. And they'll do it the first step. On the second step, we'll not give our rookie tackle any help. What happened at halftime? <laughs>
7: Sorry. I, what happened to the creativity that you saw to open the game? I don't think I loved all those plays, but they tried different things. They were giving different looks. They were doing different things. They, they, you know, is that. Okay, we got these scripted plays. Now we're through them. Okay, what do we do? Well, why don't we go back to doing the stuff that didn't work earlier <laughs> in the year? It, it just – it was it was such a dud. It, it was just – it was difficult to watch knowing that they needed a first down and they couldn't get one. I was trying to make
15: sure uh, – We were actually talking about what Jalen Johnson had to say in the last segment about why his assignment – Changed when Devontae Adams moved to the sled and he didn't follow him there. What were your takeaways from Johnson's performance and just how he wants to improve and learn more in being a cornerback and what his next steps are?
17: You know, there's an interesting conversation there, and I'm surprised, at least if anybody's had it, I haven't heard it a lot. But uh, I think that, you know, people remember – Jalon Johnson was the 50th pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, you know, the Bears' second, second-round pick. You guys remember who the 51st pick was, don't you?
15: Off the top of my head, no.
17: No? It was Trayvon Diggs. Uh, oh, Cowboys yeah. came up with the very next pick and took Diggs. Now, I am not ready to say that Diggs is the better corner. He definitely... Has shown the better ball skills to this point, but we, as we've learned, you know, trying to recapture the 18 bears, that so much of that is the bounce of the ball. Uh, they're both really bright young corners. The, the conversation that you were having, though, is interesting because there are more than a handful, uh, probably half a dozen, you know, seven, eight cover corners who are good enough that they will follow a receiver to either side. But you can count the guys on a couple fingers who go everywhere. Jalen Ramsey can go inside. Uh, Stefan Gilmore used to go inside. The slot is a—it's it's a totally different position, and the way it's evolved, you know, the nickel corners were always the smaller, faster, quick, t- twitch guys because it was always those types of receivers—the uh, the Rondale Moores, uh, the Tariq Cones that you were seeing in there in the slot and and the trend around the league the last decade or so is all these oversized wide receivers have come out has been to look for the bigger corners who can stay outside with them but there's very few guys who can play both outside and then go inside depending on who you're getting there in the slot and so i thought Jalen johnson's comments were spot on obviously it's great that he does want to be you know one of those guys because that's that's an all pro you know that's one of the three or four best corners in football but it wasn't surprising really at all to me last night that he didn't go inside when they moved Adams inside because it really is a different position and at this point you haven't seen him play it. You know, and then even beyond that, in fairness, guys, Duke Shelley is, is not special. Um, but he was improving on the nickel before he got hurt. Marquis Christian was the first choice. It didn't work out with him. Xavier Crawford probably shouldn't be on an NFL roster, so um you know and yeah the packers did a nice job of identifying that but they would have tried adams inside no matter who the corner was and they were lucky enough that the bears are so undermanned at the nickel right now that, that you know adams took over the second half so
18: paged yeah. over right? right i mean you know like the at this point we all know a change is going to happen i yeah. think it, it, at the on jan 10 like that's the one thing we can be excited about right they look forward to it. there's no first round pick right I And mean, you know it sort of sucks for matt nagy i get it he's losing his job but we're excited but he's gonna move on and we're still gonna be here we're still gonna be cheering for that team right and the only thing that's going to re-inject some life into this franchise is by cleaning some people out i mean that's it you it's the way you, it works you gotta you clean know, some people out so and, and he's a big boy, and he's compensated quite handsomely, and he's going to get another job somewhere anyway. And you've got to make decisions
19: that... on this roster. Somebody from the outside coming in who can look at this uh, roster anew without any biases and be able to go ahead and clean this thing up a little bit and keep some people that you need to keep and say goodbye to some people that need to go.
18: Right? Am I right or am yeah, I wrong? know you're right. I mean, there's some work to do, man. I mean, like, there, you know, they don't have do. a first-round pick. There, there's work to do. There is work to be done.
19: You can address this thing in an offseason. This can be addressed in an offseason, but you've got to make the
18: right kind of moves. Where are your playmakers? Truly. I mean, like the Grants that that's that's nice, and you can pop that on teams. The more he does it, the more teams are gonna be prepared for it too, like you always say. I mean, teams yeah. are gonna see more and more of it on tape and be prepared. Let's not pretend that Jakeem Grant is anything more than what he is. You know, it's like the people used to tell us how great Tariq Cohen is. Right. Not really. He's fine. You know, when you well, get him as five player. touches a he's game, he's a gadget, gadget, player. Player. gadget player. And Grant probably is about that, too. Let's make well, no mistake. I, I'd say he's kind the of replacement a replacement for Tariq Cohen. Yeah, kind he, of a gadget that, player. That gadget player that are yeah, so, for. Somebody with that high-end speed. Like, where are their playmakers? Allen Robinson's going to be gone. Gone. He's had a bad year anyway. Mooney, sometimes he fights the football a little bit, too. I got news for you. He does. Yeah, I wonder if
19: he yeah. was supposed to come back to that ball yesterday, too. Right, so, that's a Tom Waddle question. Okay. okay? I'm not going to say... He should have been coming back to the football. What I'm asking and wondering is, should he have been coming back to that football? That's the question I ask. Not assessing blame, but I wonder if he needed to come back for that football.
18: And like, if fields is good, it'll make this whole thing easier and they'll be able to turn it around quicker because then you've got the quarterback. But, like, where are the playmakers? I, you know, we're still waiting for Cole Komet. You watched George Kittle yesterday by any yeah. chance? Oh, yeah. Matt Nagy wants what us to pleasure. watch the Colts game. Do what you watch pleasure. the 49ers? His last two games. I mean, his last two
19: games after coming back from injury, pretty so, damn impressive. Yeah, I mean, what? Like,
18: that's how what? tight end should play. That's a tight end. That's a tight end. That's a tight end. By the way, do you know who the Bears drafted? Oh. When I think I have this right. Kittle, when Kittle was, Kittle was on the board, Kittle was on the board. Kittle was drafted in the fourth round. You know yeah. who the Bears drafted in the second round? Adam Shaheen. Mm-hmm. Adam Sheehan. Now I get that's it. A great nobody knew that, nobody that. knew that Kittle could have done nice. this. By the way i'm gonna rant against iowa again a little bit i'm sorry for the hawkeye fans because i've been all over you like you had george kittle did you did they did you ever like do you ever think about utilizing him? did you ever them? think about maybe using george Kittle? at some I mean, point
19: like, they became like tight end university they
18: you tight end
9: university they became the
18: kid there now is good the, La- yeah. the laporta kid sam
19: right. laporta right yeah. like he's good
5: yeah.
9: it was very entertaining especially the first half and You know, Justin did some good things. Justin did some bad things. Justin's a rookie. The team's just not good enough yet. And uh, the question is, is how much patience do you have? And do you want to start all over with another coaching staff? That's really all you have to ask about the Bears right now. That's what most people are asking back here. You know, if I get a call about the Bears, it's always about Matt Nagy, the coaching staff. Are they treating the quarterback right? I got to tell you, Justin Fields looks better right now than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson do. I can tell you that.
11: Hmm. And do you think that's a testament to the coaching staff?
9: It's yeah. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, if you're going to get on them for for negative things, then you got to get on them for positive stuff. And I look, they all these kids are being forced to play right now. I, I wish, in some respects, that both Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson would just sit out the rest of the year. They're going to get killed. Um, you know, these these I don't know what these offense coordinators are doing, especially when I when I see what happened uh, with Daniel Jones two weeks ago. Freddie Kitchens, a new offensive coordinator, second play he calls a run play. For Daniel Jones, this kid might be out the rest of the week, uh, the rest of the year with a bad neck. I mean, like these kids, yeah, it's great to be out there and to have some success, but man, they, they just don't understand all that they need to understand in order to protect themselves and give their teams the best chance to win. But I think, you know, Justin has shown the propensity to deal with a bad play and then come back and make a good play, which, you know, when he throws the interception last night and then comes back and, and kind of push, pushes that aside and, and plays good you know a a really solid first half you know I'm feeling pretty good about him
6: is it worth it for him to be out there and as you say Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence ought not to they're in more chaos and their offenses are in more chaos than even the bears though aren't they because or and perhaps it's it's a credit to Justin and his toughness and his strength but it seems to be worthwhile for Justin to play in this scenario do you think
9: yeah, well, it
6: feels that way, you know. Like especially when you know he's throwing, you know,
9: touchdown passes, and he's moving around, and he's running with it, and he's getting out of bounds, and trying not to take hits. So <clears throat> I would say yes, that I'm I'm comfortable with him playing for sure. This would be the part of the year that I would have played him anyway, simply because even though you may feel like you still have a a puncher's chance, there's really very little chance you're going to make the playoffs. But you might as well get him ready to go. And as long as he doesn't look like he's stumbling all over the place, like Trevor Lawrence, who threw four interceptions did yesterday, or Zach Wilson, who looks like a high school quarterback out there on the field, uh, then, then you know, you can play him, and it looks like he's physically uh, tough enough to handle most of it. So I think if I were a Bears fan, I, that's the reason I want to watch. I want to see him, and I just want to see him getting a little bit better, a little bit better.
6: What did you see on the pick six, Boomer? What did he do wrong? He never saw the defender. And, you know, again, he, like,
9: these are things that he has never seen before. He's never seen athletes like this on the field. So he could take those chances in college because he played on the best team with the best players, a group of wide receivers that very rarely were ever covered in the NFL. There's fire zones and blitz zones and all sorts of double coverage and in and out coverages. They call them bingo banjo coverages, all these different little terms that they have for them. And when you play against, you know, a good defense, you play against smart defenders you know they can read the eyes of a quarterback. You have to learn to play with the guys in the secondary with your eyes, and he'll learn it as, as time goes on. But right now he's just a little bit, uh, I think, um, too aggressive. But but then that, again, that's a rookie. You know, I permission.
15: Do you believe that there is a chance that George and Ted Scott, Virginia? bryant somebody is going to relieve matt and put him out of his misery because he looks awful he looks like he hadn't slept in 10 days he looks terrible take the pressure off and then you can go about the business of doing what you need to do or you truly believe they won't fire someone in season
20: well no do i believe there's a chance certainly there's a chance no one seems to be privy at all to kind of their level of thinking right now up at House Hall and where they are and when they want to start the timeline and what changes they want to make first. Again, we've talked for weeks about you have to decide who is firing Matt Nagy if you're going to fire Matt Nagy and it's hard to justify putting Ryan out there to say, hey Matt, we're going to let you go and then two weeks later say, hey Ryan, we're going to let you go and have this whole domino effect. The other part of this cap is that these rule changes allow for you to interview coaches the last two weeks of the season but there also aren't going to be a whole ton of teams getting in that line early, right? You you look at the way these standings shape up in the NFL. And there are teams that may fire their coach that are still in the hunt, quote-unquote. The Bears' next opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, is a team that may have a coaching change this offseason. But they're not going to launch Mike Zimmer while they're still in the hunt and, and really on the heels of, of the football team and the 49ers for that uh, those last two spots in the NFC. And so uh it doesn't feel like there's going to be a whole wave of teams doing that early this year to get the process started and so then when you really zoom out and you say okay it's only another two weeks how much is that detrimental i don't think it's a major detriment if you wait until the end of the season and just do it as they always have
21: and that's the end
0: there it is our media sound bites for the week dan your thoughts well, I took
4: some notes. I don't know where you want me to start, but start at the top. At the top, the I'm not one of these guys because there are a lot of them who suddenly think that Fields is never going to do anything. Like I was reading, there are people saying this kid's a bust. Uh, it was another bad pick, and I'm not there. I'm absolutely not there. But the thing that, like that, Obranovich was saying. Look, I, I'm not a quarterback whisperer. So And I've never played the position, so I don't know about his windup. I won't pretend to be some film expert. I certainly didn't know that, but I trust OB's judgment on that. That's that's jarring because Obrenovich was someone who's been supporting this kid the whole season and uh, saying that he's uh, you know, the the best player on the team, that kind of stuff. But from my perspective, I will say it just feels so hard with Fields in there just to complete a pass. It just feels like everything is just so difficult. There's never anything that's just fluid and, like, you're in a rhythm and boom, like Rodgers, boom, boom. Like, I'm not expecting him to be the MVP, but it just feels like everything is just so tough to complete a pass. He's got to get away from three guys, and he's got to run, and the guy's got the throws too high, and the receiver's got to make a great catch. It's just like 10 things need to go right for a pass to be completed. And that—that's my um, big criticism of Fields at this point. It's just, or maybe that's on coaching too.
0: Yeah, well, and, and, and so I, I want to add to that. It—he it, does have a loopy delivery, and this is something that uh, Greg Gabriel uh, and Danny Shimin on the, the shows that they have on the network have been talking about for weeks. Uh, Danny even mentioned it months ago, what before Fields was drafted. It is a long wind-up delivery. And in the NFL, that nanosecond can cost you. And that can be corrected because Aaron Rodgers came out of college with that same delivery. It's just something that cannot be changed overnight. So that's where Obradovich is wrong. If he thinks that the Bears coaching staff, the five coaching staffs that they were criticizing, five coaches in the backfield, if, if they think that that's something that can be corrected overnight, particularly when the guy is getting ready to play a game on Sunday, they're dreaming. It, th- that takes a while. This guy's motion, he's had it. That's muscle memory that he's had for years. And so it's going to take a, a long offseason, and it could even take long. I've noticed – that in some games, he hardly does it at all. And then in other games, he does it a lot. He falls into that habit. So I bet that uh, John Filippo, his quarterback coach, has been working with him on that. But I think that there are times when fields perhaps because of the pressure of the moment, perhaps because of the opponent, perhaps because of just old, faulty muscle memory, that he falls into these mistakes. He holds on to the ball too long. He has that loopy delivery. Sometimes when he starts to take off, he takes his eyes from downfield too quickly. There was a play in the Packers game where he ran for substantial yards, but he had Jakeem Grant, wide open on the right side. I wish I had the videotape. I'll, I'll try to have it for bare truth on Thursday. So those are those are things that we expect Justin Fields because of his intelligence, because of his dedication to improving himself. Uh, that he's going to correct now. Hopefully, he will continue to get good or I should say better quarterback coaching than he's been getting now. But I'm not too worried about that. But it was an issue in the Packer game, you could see that that it it affected his performance.
4: But don't you is it just me, or is it doesn't it seem like it's just so hard to complete a
0: pass? (laughs) Well, I think it is you. I mean, I I under it, it. I understand what you're saying.
4: Not just the Green Bay game. Yeah, I, I understand. Know, I, I'm on sure. his, like I'm on this guy's bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Like, no. don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I think he's the right pick. Yeah, but I just think at this juncture, that's my biggest criticism of him, and it's vague. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm just saying that's the thing I take away, even if it's just like a four-yard pass to commit Mm-hmm. it's just it's never easy to complete well of course Comet would drop it or just would stretch out <laughs> that's part of the problem and <laughs> Mooney's having a tough year I know we went over that last week you said technically he hasn't had a lot of drops because they're not counting the contested balls as drops right but he's not catching anything contested this year yeah and that was like last year it's all he did was catch passes mm-hmm. Mooney's having a tough year I'm not trying to say that A-Rob is just going through the motions but Man, if someone's arguing that it's hard for me to dis- disprove that. It's just it just feels like everyone is is underperforming at this juncture, uh on terms of the passing game. With that said, they ran Montgomery on a, a, a nice delayed draw that got a big gain at some point. And you're just thinking, why is this man invisible? Mm-hmm. Especially when you bring Tevin in. And, and I'll say this. I thought that – I'm glad – I didn't know what Olin said, and I forget who acknowledged it. O, Olin said, well, give this kid a break and let's – I kind of felt that way too. I was like, look, man, it's his first action. Right. It's in Green Bay. It's in prime time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how tough you think you are, how tough I think I am. There's no way that this guy wouldn't go in and feel – Even if he doesn't want to feel emotion, he's going to feel nervous. It's his first fucking game. And suddenly he's on national television at the hated rivals. I I just, that's his first moment. And uh, it's unfortunate for Justin that's his first moment because he's the one taking the punishment. But I think if Peters can't play Sunday, which uh, I don't know how severe uh, Peters' injury was, but I I would think Tevin's probably going to be better next week. And a full week of practice, you know, because you, you got a a week. The game's on Monday versus Sunday. Right. I, I'm not ready to say that he sucks either. No, I mean, no, I it's way given too... the moment. He probably did the best he could do.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the guy has not had any practice, off season practice. He, he's had three padded practices since he came back from injury. So, yeah, it's way too early. the 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 issue though is. Because now Matt Nagy says that he may look at Larry Borum at left tackle. So why – why, if they like Larry Borum at left tackle so much, which is something – Why that, didn't
4: he go over there first?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and well, it, it doesn't matter who our
4: coach is. We all, we're always fucking with our linemen and putting them in different positions.
0: It, it doesn't make any sense at all to me that they came into this game – not prepared with a plan that made sense if Peters got hurt, because clearly they weren't – They you know, if, if they thought Tevin Jenkins was ready, they would have told Peters, hey, Peters, you've done great for us this year. We want to take a look at the young guy because he's been practicing really well. He looks good, and so we want to put him in there. Peters would have understood, but they knew that Jenkins wasn't ready. He, they knew it. And so they should have had a backup plan at left tackle that made sense, whether it's Borum or Alex bars or my mother, you know, it's, it, it, something that made more sense than throwing poor Tevin Jenkins out there before he was completely ready. I mean, he met the media a few days ago before that game. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, sitting back and watching Peters and, and learning and so forth. So it didn't really even sound like his head was totally into playing, but uh, it is what it is. Um, I think he'll be better for it, though. I really do. I do too. I do too. Because he's a tough kid. He's a tough. And he survived
4: kid. a nightmare.
0: Yes, exactly. And what they should have done is because he's such a, a tough guy. If you were to watch any of his college tape, this guy takes pride and run blocking and he takes the guy that he's up against and he drives him to the ground and he likes to keep him on the ground. He likes to, you know, he likes to give that little extra and stuff. They should have run behind him more. That would have given him more confidence. And in fact, that one, uh, that one uh, big play, I think it was a touchdown Tevin Jenkins was out leading the the run blocking and that looked pretty good. So he didn't have a terrible game by any means, but there were some mistakes that were kind of momentum changers like, strip sack. He should have had more help on that. He should have had somebody uh, lined up. If you're going to you know, throw a seven-step drop pass, that means you got to hold at those outside pass rushers for a little longer time, and Jenkins really needed help on that play. Instead, he didn't get it. Strip fumble, momentum changes, blah, blah, blah.
4: I don't mean to be the proverbial dead horse, but it's the same thing. It's <laughs> it, the same thing. Jay Cutler. I love Jay Cutler. You know that. And what what did Jay do? Held on the ball too long and got strip-sacked a lot because mm-hmm. he held the ball too low. Correct. Or threw a lot of pick sixes against the Packers. Correct. And I love Jay. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so what are we talking about? Uh, poor mechanics. Like you said, muscle memory. Well, that goes back to Rex Grossman. We were always hearing about his muscle memory. And how many times can we see our quarterback – uh, you know, getting killed because our line sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes back almost a generation now, seemingly. And our quarterback getting strip-sacked or throwing a pick six. Meanwhile, it doesn't matter who the Packers quarterback is, whether it's Favre or Rodgers, they're throwing that slant. We can't stop it. They're doing those pick plays that should be called offensive pass. They actually called one on Sunday, yeah. which was just hard to believe. Mm-hmm. But usually they 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 pick our guys. They never call it. It's still that, that play on Vildor. I I was emotional when I sent the tweet, but I'm telling you, that was as bad as the Don Mikowski play in 89. The overtime, the going across the line of scrimmage yeah, play. And Mike Ditka demanded that we throw an asterisk in uh, the Bears' you know, media guide showing that we didn't really lose that game. I would be good with that this week. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I know Green Bay ended up at 45, though, so it's hard to, to say that. But, man, that play, that was egregiously bad that penalty. And especially when you, when you show the play that you tweeted the play where a Packers guy did it like times four in terms of the length of the duration that he was out of bounds and the Packers didn't get a flag thrown them
0: at all. Uh, Unbelievable that that happened. Unbelievable. It always
4: happens. It's the same thing. Oh, like when we get into these highlights, it's the same fucking thing Mm -hmm. for a generation. Now everything goes the same way. Mm -hmm. Every time I watch a game, it doesn't matter who we're talking about, what what Bears quarterback it is, what line it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing. It's exhausting. And if you don't believe me, wait till you see some of these highlights.
0: Mm-hmm. Jamal Lewis has asked the question: Why is Nagy still using empty set game plan with a rookie quarterback who has crack ribs? That's a great question, Jamal. <laughs> great question and a great uh, segment there that you had on with David Haw, mm-hmm.
4: saying you come out of overtime and immediately you expose his ribs, and then the second play. He was saying you should be protecting your lineman, but what are you doing? You're exposing him as well. It's just, yep. man. When you're one of your best players on offense, if not the best player, is your back.
0: Mm-hmm. And
4: how many carries did he have?
0: Yeah, one in I the think, second half. David Montgomery. I was going to
4: say couldn't have been but ten.
0: Yeah, I think it was eleven in the first half and one in second. I, uh, <laughs> is, is I mean, he's
4: one. your ass, at the very least. Start fucking. Let's let's screen. Yes, exactly. Use, use some short passes. Like he was just completely underutilized. But I'm I'm not surprised. Matt Nagy's thing this week clearly was we're gonna get Grant involved heavily, and and that worked out well. That's great. But it's like he can't do more than one thing at a time. It's like <laughs> if one person shines, it's at the expense of somebody else. Yeah, exactly. And we can't just share the wealth here.
0: Right. Uh, you think Cole Komet is a bust? a lot of people yes. are asking that question, and a lot yes. of people agree with what you just said. You think he's a bust this early? Yes,
4: absolutely. I'm done with Cole Komet. I hope second... I'm wrong. I hope I have to put my own dick in my mouth and and gag and complain about or show how stupid I am. Comet uh, is Comet's a bust. Yeah. This is it, his second
0: my... second season. You don't think it give him a little bit more time? I. What have I said the whole time we've done this show? It feels
4: like Comet every time I see him is stumbling and bumbling and falling down. It's like, he's always got on the wrong cleats. He's always falling down. And if he's got one guy to beat and just needs one yard, he can't get that one yard. As soon as he gets hit, he goes down. He can, he drops way too many passes. Uh, shit. I've got a station off here.
0: Hang on. No problem, brother. Uh, yeah, Tooch and a bunch of other people in the chat room are saying Kemet is only 22 years old, and j Rock says he's a good blocking tight end. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think that this guy, I think this guy is far from a bust. Yes, he needs to get better in order to, you know, play at like, like, uh, one of the elite tight ends in the business, and he probably will never be that, you know, but, um, he could be a Kyle Rudolph of the Vikings, he could be, um, Trying to think of good tight ends that we've had here in Chicago, I can't think of very many. You know, he's not going to be Greg Olson because he's not a pass-catching, extraordinary uh, tight end like Greg Olson was. But he can be a a good blocking tight end uh, with a guy who makes you know catches. Hopefully, his hands are going to get better. He's not going to make those these monumental drops. Um, I do worry about his mental toughness uh, because it, it, sometimes, you know, when you make those drop passes, it's lack of concentration. It's it's just not being totally in tuned into the game. And so if anything that worries me uh, about Cole Komet is maybe his, he lacks the mental toughness to get him. You know, like he was complaining about, yeah, we didn't know whether Matt Nagy was going to be here. It did bother me this week. Come on, guy, I know you're only 22 years old in the league, but don't let that bother you. Stay focused on playing football and being the best tight end in the league. Um, anyway, so you. I don't even
4: know if he's the best tight end on the team. Well, so you
0: think I would play
4: Jesse James or Jimmy Graham or. Anybody. who? What's what's the other guy's name? Uh,
0: Horstead. I would play Horstead, I, I think, more than I would him. I can't believe that Jesper Horstead has is, is been deactivated for so many games this season. We we need to find out if this guy is the guy who t- caught a touchdown pass in his first uh, pass thrown to him this season, or is he just kind of a mediocre guy who can fill in once in a while? I, I think he can be a, a, an excellent pass-catching tight end and would be a good compliment to Comet's blocking tight end. So I, I don't know what the hell he's doing on the bench, and I don't know what the hell Jimmy Graham is doing on this team. I mean, we you pay coaches to mentor your players. You don't need Jimmy Graham around to mentor Cole Komet or anyone else. You know, you could have used that $9 million on something much more valuable.
4: Like Kyle Fuller. I don't care if he's been benched in Denver there's no way that you could tell me that Kyle's not better than anybody on this team right now in the secondary. Exactly. And what about and that includes Jalen Johnson or whoever,
0: whatever hub was
4: calling him Jalen
0: Johnson. Yeah, what was that? About? <laughs> I, what was he on a plane? What was that noise? I don't know. I, I, I tweeted out uh, in the chat room that I think he was in his convertible driving around. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Wasn't um, hub
4: kind of, God, how do I say, I don't want to say, I have no personal animosity toward him for anything, mm-hmm. but
0: it, like his his hits, do they kind of bore you? Yeah, occasionally. I and I like oh. Hub a lot, but I I think uh, he's got to be like fifteen twenty years older than me, so maybe he's 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 reached a retirement age. And we you ever Did you ever have like a college course like, or even
4: public school, whatever, like where they they make you sit down and watch an old projector? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sure. it's like a science film. <laughs> like I had geology in college, and our labs we would despite the fact that it's in the early 2000s, we're sitting there watching mm-hmm. something at like 8 a.m. on a Wednesday on a projector from the early 70s about rocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck, man. I just feel like I'm, I am i would convert to Islam if it meant I didn't fall asleep right now. That's why I feel like when Hub is the guy playing the projector for me about fucking rocks at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. By the way, I wanted to say the Green Bay Packers, they had uh, injuries to their defensive backfield, and so – there was a guy named uh, on the practice squad of the Arizona Cardinals uh, in October uh, 6th. The Packers picked them oh, up. Oh, the
4: guy that got the pick six on us.
0: Yep. Rasul Douglas, not only has he got a pick six on us, he's been uh, uh, accumulating a lot of interceptions and good play over the last few weeks for the Packers. This guy was there for the having for the Chicago Bears. But what does the guy who is – he was the pro personnel director for the Saints for several years. That was his job to look at other teams' rosters and say, yeah, they got a a, a decent cornerback over there in Arizona. And with all the injuries that we had. Have, and with us not trusting Artie Burns and with us ha- having to play a Marquise Christian and, and Crawford, we should bring in Rasul Douglas. No, they ignored him. What <laughs> happened? The Packers pick him up. And like you've been saying, the theme of this show, it's the same old fucking shit. It happens over asked, and over If you again. asked
4: him this question, like if you were talking to Pace, which you would never be able to talk to Ryan Pace, even if you had credentials and were there every week, he's not going to talk to you. No. <laughs> but even if you if you did he would say you know eldu <laughs> he like we like our guys we yes. like our cornerback room yes that's what they say that's what they say exactly we <laughs> like our cornerback room it's always the room <laughs> that's unbelievable we like our guys unbelievable and i guarantee he would call you eldu yeah by the way, like when, he sounds like Sean Penn on Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: <laughs> I love what Four Thousand Clover's put up in the chat room when uh, 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 Kaplan was talking about the uh, "We're having fun" comment. Four Thousand Clovers uh, said, "Well, to be honest, uh, Belichick would not say would not say he's having fun, even if he was at an orgy." <laughs> That's a great line, Four
4: Thousand Clovers. I was conflicted on that one. Really? Why? I've got to be honest with you. Uh, you know we. Myself included, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, look at me. I'm I'm above the fray. You know, I'm part of the mob that wants this guy going too. Mm-hmm. But maybe we're being too hard on him mm-hmm. now. Like, what is he supposed to say? Like for for one, he's a head coach. He should like his profession. Mm-hmm. But two, <laughs> we're winning the fucking game. Like, I would have preferred if he would have said, Man, I'm having fun but it's not going to be good enough until we win or something like that. We need to come back with a tough second, whatever cliche. Right. So, but I mean, so he revealed a little bit of emotion at that time that he was, you know, he's like, Hey, we're in this, we're winning. Mm-hmm. You don't think that George Allen would have said, you know, maybe he was a little bit paranoid and would have been like, how are they going to cheat us in the second half? But I'm just saying a, a coach that that lives on emotion, someone like George Allen mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would not have, uh, slightly confessed that he was having a good time. Like everyone doesn't have to be stoic and, Oh, Belichick says this. And like, maybe that's not his style. I think we're just looking for reasons to be upset about him now. Uh, If that's what we're criticizing.
0: I I agree to a degree. Um, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I do think that words matter. And, you know, I've done, uh, I've coached CEOs and, Top corporate executives on on how to deal with the media, and so sometimes you got to be sensitive to what is it that people are thinking about me. Well, right now, Matt, I would say they think you're a fucking clown. And so when you're interviewed, you have to kind of present yourself as still struggling. As still, it's not enough. We had fun that first half, but we have to duplicate our efforts. I'm sad, but while it was fun, I'm sad that we're only winning by X amount of points. You know, he he has to uh, really be careful with what he says because he's a target and anything that he says now, every, um, uh, ah, e, ah, Oh, that he says in a press conference, people are going to say, Oh, poor guy. He's fucking losing his mind and stuff. So I understand why people are upset with that. It did, you know, it did immediately ring as, Oh no, he shouldn't have said that. But I agree with you. You know, it is nice too, that he is showing that he was happy. Somebody, somebody in the, uh, in the chat, or maybe it was in the in the piece itself, saying he was happy because he had never scored that many points before. So, so it was fun, right? <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I wanted to also, uh, based on uh, what what we just heard, uh, I was going to say that you know, play calling for rookie quarterbacks in the National Football League is generally pretty fucking bad because um, you see what's going on with Zach Wilson at the Jets. You see what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. It was Boomer Esiason who was talking about this. It's not like it's Matt Nagan that's the only terrible play caller. A lot of these play callers just think that they're playing Madden football, you know, and they want to they create all these big plays, explosive plays. They don't have a rhyme or reason. They don't have a strategy in their scheming and so forth. That's what it seems like to us average fans. Uh, and
4: can I, can I add to that real please quick? Please do. The, the, your acknowledgement of that is I'm taking it in a different direction, but it's based upon what you said. Okay. I, that's exactly why I don't want a college coach mm-hmm. because we all know Meyer was good at Florida. He was good at Ohio state and now other people saying that he may be one and done in Jacksonville. Yeah. That's exactly why I don't want a guy that's coming from college for next season. I want someone that can come in here. Uh, my, my wet dream would be if Mike Tomlin would get fired in Pittsburgh and you just say, hey, Mike, you're our general manager and you're the coach. Let's go. I'm I want somebody that commands respect and isn't trying to figure it out. Yep. And I don't mean like John Fox either, who uh, we probably should have given him more credit, but it's just his demeanor and his condescending uh, uh, disposition, I think, led to a lot of people not liking him. Mm-hmm. But I'd somebody like that that has some cred that can fucking just like a Ditka type that can control this team, and not try to be their buddy, but not try to be the young guy who's figuring it out. We Matt Nagy was the hot commodity trying to figure it out. We don't need a guy that's figuring it out. We need a guy that's, that's that knows mm-hmm. how to win.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting that you say Mike Tomlin because I was thinking about him uh, the other day, and I know people in Pittsburgh have are starting to get fed up with him despite the fact that this guy is – been coaching a lot of good football teams and I don't think what's going on in Pittsburgh right now is his fault it's it's the roster I mean it's it's Big Ben aging and um uh, but they're still fighting hard I think he's a smart coach I think he's a disciplinarian I'd love to see him come to the Chicago Bears I also know that McCaskey leans on the Rooney family a lot for advice so maybe Rooney should talk to i mean uh, mccaskey should talk to rooney and say hey you know if you guys are going to fire him can you put in a good word for us here in chicago <laughs> it
4: would have so- been great for us if we could have gotten bill cower when he was still really connected mm-hmm. i don't mean like it's been too long now yeah but i mean like when cower first left pittsburgh it feels like we're right when lovey got fired i guess yes yes somewhere through if we could because cower was only a few years removed right but someone that has that respect and that credibility, that's what I wish that the Bears could get. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we need more than anything, is just someone that looks like, you know, this guy is going to be the pilot, and we, we're comfortable. We are we may get some turbulence, but this flight's going to be okay because we know he's our guy. Yep. And I, if we've got our quarterback whom we think could be that guy, if we just got the coach now, I think that it goes a long way for a
0: smooth trip. Yep. One other comment that I had on the – audio clips was Dan Weederer, your, your good buddy, uh, saying that it's okay, I'm paraphrasing, that it's okay to keep Nagy to the end of the season because most most coaches, most teams won't be employing that, it won't be firing coaches uh, at the end of the season to get a jump start on their coaching search. So it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. I take exception with Dan Weederer on this one. He, he, he's got to realize that what George McCaskey needs to do now, first and foremost, is to win back the trust of the fans. So how do you do that? You do it by making a bold move. You do it by announcing that Matt Nagy has been fired with two weeks left to go in the season. You, you make it by saying, we're bringing in an executive vice president, and here he is now, You know, because he should be looking for an executive vice president or executive president of Football Operations should have been looking two three weeks ago and so he needs to be make a big move to keep nagy through the end of the season and what clearly could be four more straight losses to end the season is suicide it's 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 basically telling the bears fans by the way thank you for your money thank you for buying all the shit we sell thank you you suckers uh, we'll see you in January at the press conference. He can't do that. He has got to come out with a huge, bold move, and and galvanize Bears fans. It's like you know, if he were if he were to have fired Matt Nagy on Monday morning after the loss to the Packers, next week's game against the Vikings, that stadium would be full. It would be full, absolutely right. And instead, it's going to be probably half empty, if that. So, um, and
4: as soon as if if the bears start getting like struggling and in behind, you're going to start hearing the fire Nagy chants.
0: Oh my goodness, it, it it probably is going to start as soon as he walks out of the tunnel. I think that's probably the reason why they've kind of changed, made changes with the tunnel now. They kind of, I I don't know if Nagy's been running out with the team saw some video of him running out by himself and the few players that were around. They didn't even acknowledge him. There's something weird going on with this organization. What else in those media clips uh, did uh, you, you said you took some notes, anything else you want to comment on?
4: Uh, I covered most of it. I was thinking again, I liked what David Haas said. Mm -hmm. I still think it's too early to, to say Tevin's, you know, God, he, he got through that nightmare. He should be better. Like I said, fields, it worries me that he. it's so just, so tough to get just a completed pass. Uh, uh, Hull bores me to fucking tears. <laughs> and uh, and if you have Patrick Manley with him, too, like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just go shave my balls. <laughs> uh, Darnell Mooney, like I said, is having a, a, a really bad second season. It's kind of quietly bad, and that worries me, thinking that he's going to be the number one guy next season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed. Um, all right, um, let's get <laughs> – Let's get to some more bad news. Oh, boy. Uh, You wanted the number 10 on your list of... Oh, oh yeah, 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 I do. Uh, So we're going to
4: start this. This will be... Let me set this up. Please do. This is... Again, a day in the life of a Bears fan. So you say this is kind of an insignificant game. but That's why I made it number 10. <laughs> but I just wanted to revisit. So we'll go back to 1996. All right, but
0: this, for, a lot of people have joined us in the chat room in the last half hour. So, so let me explain
4: a, whatever. Okay. Exactly. So we're going to go with the top 10 sneaky bad Bear Packer games. Not the ones you're used to. Because, again, why do we have to keep experiencing, oh, there's Caleb Haney and he's been picked off by a fat guy and the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. We don't need to see that again, okay? We know about that. We know that Mitch and in Khalil's first game had this huge lead and then they lost. We don't need to watch that. Oh, Randall Cobb's open. Oh, yeah, okay, we know. We don't have to watch those games. But these are 10 that are maybe sneaky bad that you have forgotten potentially. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put the Murkowski, Don Mikowski 89 thing in there. Thank you. Because, <laughs> uh, again, it's just like a cliche at this point, ones that we always reference. Yes. So I tried to put 10 in here that maybe it'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. I Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That's, <laughs> that's the idea of my count.
0: Not you. You would never forget about it. That's the thing.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to go with 10 that maybe... Like I said, sneaky bad.
0: Right. So these aren't uh, these aren't uh, from the broadcast of the game. These are highlights of the game done by ESPN or somebody else. Correct.
4: Uh, ESPN, NFL Network, or Comcast Sports Chicago.
0: All right. So you want to announce what number ten is, and then I'll
4: roll it. Yeah, sure. Number ten was going to be uh, is Green Bay at Chicago from 1996. The Packers on the upswing here now. Uh, they're going to win the Super Bowl that year. As Bear fans, we finished 9-7 and in 95, had a career year for Merrick Kramer. The sky appeared to be uh, the limit. We got Brian Cox in because our our, our, uh, linebacking crew and our defense, and specifically overall 95 was the reason we didn't win a lot more games. Mm -hmm. So, again, we think we got a team. Kramer hurts his neck, and uh, this happened. So you'll get to see David Craig quarterback for us, and just the – The myriad of things that typically happen in a Bears-Packers game.
0: Here we go.
8: Here we go from the Windy City. Dave wants that Bears. He hadn't had much success against Mike Holmgren. First quarter, no score. Dave Craig, he's been five and all lifetime against the Pack, but intercepted by Wayne Simmons, and I know, Tommy you good coverage by the linebacker. Dave Craig with pretty good pass protection, and Wayne Simmons, a pretty incredible play right here, looks over his inside shoulder and then able to refocus on the football and take it away from the receiver for the interception. Now the Packers are really putting their teeth into this one. That's Robert Brooks' mouthpiece in case he uh, gets in the jaws he did last week. Brian Cox is blitzing, but Aaron Taylor, the young lineman, picks him up. And Favre to Brooks for eight yards. Good read on the line by the Pack. Same drive, less than ten minutes left. Farb scrambling, Robert Brooks... Hey, there's the teeth. There's the spike. Packers lead it 7-0, Tom. Yeah, Packers 12 the Bears rushing attack as well. George Coons quickly through the line here. Pitting Rashawn Salam in back the backfield. Only 19 first half rushing yards for the Bears. Second quarter. Keep your eye on the uh no, let me see here. More on page. Far. He's led the packers three scores at the end of the half this season. That's Antonio Freeman. It's hit by Marty Carter. 39 seconds to go. Whoa. That's Freeman right there who gets nailed. Thurman screwed up. And that's War Nelly. That's Keith Jackson. (laughs) I'm so excited to say it. There it is. 14-3 to pack. After interception by Doug Evans, that score came with 39 seconds to go in the half. With 10 seconds, to you go, know, what are you going to do? Well, we'll take a look at the beginning and the end of this play as Freeman bashes that ball up against the stadium wall. Alonzo Stelman here as he's rushing the passer, takes the two steps necessary to draw the personal foul, and then at the tail end of the play, you see Freeman with a great job of getting up over a falling mark carrier for a touchdown catch. Pack leading 20 to 6. Jeff Mick Jager kicks it off. And Don Beebe, look at him go, make the move behind the wall there at the 25 and the 30. Look at him go.
20: (laughs) Don Beebe starting
8: in the role of Jeff Query. The flash. He's gone. It's 27 to 6. The pack. Look at the blocking, Tom. Yeah, B.B., a great job here of following his wedge and then looking for the seam. And right there, you see the kind of cut he had to make to get to the seam. Once he spots it, goes past a wave of eight bears, getting to the opposite side of the field, and he's gone. The Packers still not done scoring. 27-6 in the third quarter. far off the back foot. Look at Antonio Freeman from off the ranch in Montana and in the field in Chicago. Does the dance as he should. Beautiful concentration, a huge day for Freeman, seven for a Buck 46, another whole home four touchdown day for Brett Favre. He is the leader of the pack They're in Shangri-La as they up their mark to five and one. The Packers roll the Bears 37 to six. In this division, coaches have each other's numbers, and just as Green Bay can't beat Minnesota, Mike Holmgren
0: is now six and one against the Saints, Brian. What an ass-kicking that was.
4: (laughs) Oh, my God. And then that highlight, they used to show that highlight of Antonio Freeman and Rightfully. So for a couple of years, that was a a play that they would show on, you know, packages and such. It's kind of forgotten now, but uh, just another typical Bears-Packers Sunday.
0: And you're right. I mean, it does feel... Familiar, you know, it's like we've seen this movie before. Whether it's with Aaron Rodgers in the lead role, or Brett Favre in the re- lead role, or Devonte Adams in the co-starring role, or Antonio Freeman in the co-starring role, it, Robert Brooks, Sterling Sharp, wherever you want to go, just so so depressing. Now, what year? Uh, what year was that in Wanstead's tenure? That was year number four for Dave. Okay. So that's when things started to go haywire on him.
4: Yeah. That's when he lost Kramer and it got really bad. He finished seven and nine that year. And then the Rick Meyer trade happens. And then he's four and 12 and four and 12 and he's gone. Oh, gosh. Should we do another one? Sure. Uh, uh, this is everyone's hero, Kyle Orton. Mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Against Aaron Rodgers in his first ever game against the Bears. What could happen in Aaron Rodgers' first game against the Bears in 2008? <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> back in the mix. 176 meeting all
22: time. That's a lot of amazing.
23: amazing. Kyle Orton back in the mix. And who knew Aaron Rodgers was a close talker? I do know that. First quarter. Second Packers possession Rogers to Donald Liver. No relation to Donald Draper. But Rogers was passing like from that. Oh, they were all well. One plays later. Rogers to Jordan Nelson. 19 <laughs> yard gain. Eighth play of the drive, Rodgers to Greg Jennings, Rodgers six
24: for six. on No, that was too, yeah, just too, too easy. Yeah. that's run a quick slant Coach. Yeah, I'll tell you why that was too easy. They have this built in over the years. Brett Favre started this several years ago. Take a look at this, guys. A run play is called a run play. 94
8: boss on second and one. Everybody's going to come off and push your guys into the line of scrimmage. Backs
2: are going to hit it up in there, but Aaron Rodgers and Greg Jennings say, ha, huh? Single coverage over here, are you kidding me? I'm running the slant. Aaron Rodgers is simply going to pop up, throw the ball on two-step drop for the touchdown. Doesn't even tell the rest of the team. Everybody's run blocking down the field. It's a run play that they threw the touchdown That's all flat. You gotta love it. That's a
23: coach him up. Coach coach him him up. Second quarter, Packers (laughs) up 7-3. Rodgers to James Jones. And Rodgers coming off of a performance that was much maligned by a lot of the Packers faithful in Minnesota last week. It was 23-30 against the Bears. And Ryan Grant helped balance the attack to say the least. 18-yard game down to the four. Next play, here is Grant again. And that offensive line has taken this game over. 14-3, Lambeau leaps galore. Third quarter now at 17-3 Green Bay. Third and five from their own 17, Rogers. To Greg Jennings, wide open. Wide open. 29 yard gain. Next play it's Rodgers to Donald Driver again. Jennings in 64 yards receiving. Driver moving chains as only he can. Aaron Rodgers really does well. He remains a passer out of the pocket. Going right or left, keeps his eyes downfield. Ninth play of the drive, Grant running down the sideline. That's Jordy Nelson running the interference for him up there. Great blocking downfield. 145 yards for Grant on 25 carries on the day. Rodgers, play action to Donald's lead. and okay. you run the ball well, you're going to have your play action pass available to you. Kyle Orton back from that ankle injury. 13-26, only 133 yards. And in the fourth and ten, Needing something positive down 27-3 with half the fourth quarter remaining. And the ball oh, That's just sent to for no. the Bears. Jason oh. Hunter, big man with football, picks it up. Even he gets in in the Lambeau League act. The Packers crush the Bears 37-3. Our Darren Horton with Ryan Grant How many
8: times have you seen
4: a big guy score against the Bears in a Green Bay jersey? <laughs> Way too many times. I mean, if... <laughs> If Tony Siragusa was still playing, he would have a pick six against us yes. this season <laughs> at age 50. It's just, again, it's the same old shit. It's the same old shit. But I've, I've got more. If we want to keep going through this, then.
0: Yeah, let's go through. A, a few Some more of then. these
4: next couple are shorter. Now, um, let me just set this up. Okay. I had to put this next one in there. And I don't, th- I don't think the highlight showed it, but maybe it does. It's a quick highlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's back when primetime was only 45 minutes that one season in 98 for some reason uh, because they were going live to Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is with my least favorite bear with the exception of Josh Bellamy, who's going to prison now, by the
0: way. By the way, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> jo-
4: Josh Bellamy and Steve Stenstrom are my least favorite bears of all time. <laughs> Steve Stenstrom had to be in this countdown. But I don't know if this is his fault. He's going to suck the this whole game in 1998, but somehow because the Bears score on flukey special teams plays or whatever, we're going to be in the game with the ball down six. And again, this isn't necessarily his fault, but I'm telling you, uh, if memory serves me correctly, the, they get into Packers territory and he's sacked on four straight plays. Four straight plays. He's fucking sacked and we lose. Four <laughs> times. How does that even happen? Four straight plays. Your quarterback is sacked but This is 1998. Okay. Really late in the year, like week week 15 I think. It was uh we finished uh 15 at Green Bay and 17 they came to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So they played two of the last three uh games in 98. And and again, this is the end of once that's tenure
0: year. Okay, here it comes number 8, from the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. From Lambeau
8: Field. Brett Favre for the Pack of one eight straight against the Bears. Favre. Six fumbles last week. Oh, the pick to Wall Harris this week. Steps in front, 13-9. Ferris, take it up. Harris does a great job of following Brett Farr's eyes and making a break on the football in front of Freeman. That's an easy walk to the end zone, about 12 yards. Not many names that you recognize left of the pack, but down 39 in the third. The floater to Mark Chamorro. Steps up last week. Here's another one here. 16-13. pack. Fourth quarter. Far Antonio Freeman playing with the busted jaw. Touchdown! 13 yards. He says, I, I just can't jump in. No Lambo leap right now. You understand, huh? 23 to 13. Under four minutes to go at 26-13. And Glenn Milberg. Packers have given up a couple of returns this year. And they've given up another one. Could go all the way. Two touchdowns on return for Milburn this year, 26-20. Bears don't get a dispute around kick, but get it back here. Steve Stenstrom, looking like Bobby Douglas, down at 25, eh, not anymore. Second down, Billy Lyon with the sack? Well, here's Reggie White with the sack on third down. Making 69 quarterbacks he's gotten in his career. Santana <laughs> Dotson, Oye Kamalbaa, with the sack on fourth down. The Packers win a toughie against the Chicago Bears team, at least still playing hard for Dave Wants But the Pack went 26 to 20 in a game in which Dorsey Levins ran for 105 yards. That's the most important development
4: of the day for the Pack. Only the Bears could give up four straight sacks at the end of a game. Unbelievable. That's all. It doesn't matter what era it is. The only time we've ever had is a solid line, we won a championship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. The Olin Cruz uh, era uh, with Lovey, you know, when we went to the – we went to the, the – the two times we had good offensive lines, we went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> How about that? The, the, the whole era, of course, the 85 line was together for almost a decade. and uh, But that era of line and then the Cruz, John Tate – you know, that era was good, too. But beyond that, we've been saying this shit for years. Like, my God. Like, why can't we block the Packers? I, mean, that's, that, I don't even know what else to say about that one.
0: I'll set up the next one. How about that? That was very, very painful. By the way, uh, it was interesting to see Mark Chimera... In there, oh, what happened to allegedly
4: raped the babysitter or something? (laughs) Exactly,
0: all right. Number
4: seven on your hit parade. Let me set this one up the the Bears start 03, one and five. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's looking bad, but the team is rallying and they've won a bunch of games. And here we are. If we can just beat Green Bay, we're going to be back in it, we'll be six and six. And to go from one and five to six and six, quite an accomplishment for uh, coach geron and what would be his last season of course we're not going to get there uh, but if they had won that game they would have been in it in the playoff run for maybe just the last wild carpets you're in it and they're in this game you'll see t- what happens when the bears oh my god cordell stewart makes a throw it's a great throw the player oh is justin gage wide open in the end? oh he didn't catch it did he how many times have we seen that? <laughs> Remember the playoffs last year against New Orleans? We we can't catch wide open passes. And then what's going to happen? Well, we're going we're going to be down 6 or whatever. We're driving and Cordell's going to throw a Oh no, is that a pick six? Of course it is.
7: It's against the Packers.
0: <laughs> Here it is. Numbers What year is this again?
7: 2003. All right. We're <laughs> the, the Packers
8: Field. The Bears actually had clawed back into the Norris division race. Brett Favre, 188 straight games, breaking the club record held by Hall of Famer Farris and Oh, Brett, this is like the early days of Brett Favre. Picked off by Lance Briggs, 45 yards, and the Bears have gone into Lambeau and lead it 14-0. couple of Longwell field goals make it 14-6, and he hits Sterling Chico, 84, Javon Walker, 22 yards, and Favre is back, 14-13. A minute 19 to go and they have Cordell Stewart to the rookie Justin Gage. Oh, man! Uh, it would yeah. have been back. On stop what a, a great throw by Cordell Stewart. Gage just lets it slip right through his fingers. And when you don't make those, then sometimes you make these. Mike McKenzie, one of the
5: McKenzie brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Take off, uh, closer,
8: 90 yards, touchdown, and after the by the Bears, a 14-0 lead, Brett and the Pac beat Chicago 34-21 far, lifetime against the Bears, 20-4, McKenzie had two picks in the game. Oh, Zuma, by the way, the kickoff return for the Bears. But the
16: Packers are 7-6, and in a
13: hunt again.
8: Yeah, great sign for the Green Bay Packers. I'm green the 30 carries, so they had the balance. But Brett Favre, besides that pick that he threw, really was on target like the old Brett Favre
0: before the thumb started to bother. Meanwhile, they
8: were hoping that Minnesota
0: would keep... Mm. You know, if you were... To do the same thing, like you just did with all of the, the what is it, 28 wins Rogers now has lifetime against the Chicago Bears, that would be a disaster movie, unlike anything Hollywood has ever made before. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you thought you thought the Japanese culture was terrorized by Godzilla? <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> I mean, how I'm um, believable is it that the Packers land Brett Favre and then immediately afterwards Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it just, and and when you think about, you know, the Bears could have had Either one of them, uh, but didn't draft or trade for them. Uh, yeah, Farve was
4: the fat guy who drank too much booze in Atlanta. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't I like to be fat and drinking booze. All- what? Wait a minute, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what number are we at now? Right, uh, this next
4: one, we're getting we're getting better, like uh, uh, to a climax here. But let me set <laughs> up the the next one's a little bit fucked up. It's when you when the DVD recorders first came out, in circa 03. The first ones, if the tape or something, anything about it wasn't perfect, it would like pause it like when you were recording. So this highlights a little butchered. You'll see that it like pauses a couple. I mean, I, I could have gone back and re-recorded it. What difference does it make? No this, need. But I, I recorded this from VHS onto DVD in like 03 as soon as I got uh, my recorder. It's, like I said, that explains why it's, it's the editing so like choppy in it. But two things. A, I want you to see how slow Roosevelt Williams is. This is the reason I had to include this one. (laughs) Like, you'll never see a guy in the secondary that he should have scored, but for some reason was the slowest man the Bears have ever had. Even so, if McCorders makes a block for him, he's going to score. Or if he laterals to McCorders, we still score and we still win. But, you know, we're not going to. It's going to pause too soon, but Jim Miller's going to fumble at the half-yard line going in. Again, another game we should have had. But uh, this is 2002, and the, the nightmare that that season was.
0: All right, here you come. The
8: oh, weather in December getting cold and snowy and windy, and the Bears and the Packers, all those tricky Packers. Jim, nice Brad Maynard,
21: to shovel the Dustin
8: Lyman, touchdown, man, 27, cool, yeah. played last year through it to Urlacher, through that defense, this year to Urlacher. Then Jim Miller, who practiced all week with a bad apple to John Gilmore, the rookie 10 from Penn State, 11 yards,
17: first so foul, packs on yardage, and surprise, the Those steroids not that Jim Miller baby. me. <laughs> <deep free. Then
8: laughs> Dustin Lyman, who scored both of the touchdown, the tight end from Wake Forest, then... Watch right. this, right, I he cursed. No! Oh! It's fucking slow! Oh my god. are That's part of the problem! It's a bad block! I don't want to block, I want the
17: ball! have <laughs>
8: scored at the end of half, but still they lead it 14-6. And third quarter, Amon Green from midfield. a tough hit right there. Jumping up to uh, having the bruised left kneecap for Green. He leads. Same drive, continuing in the sixth bar. Second option is Boba Frank.
0: Touchdown is Boba Franks.
8: But they fall-
0: Oh, I remember Mark, the homeless the guy. Team uh, the oh, no.
8: Oh, no. Oh, no. And <laughs> like, the eighth, and now over. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. 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 Tony Fisher, the rookie from Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. And you watch what they did in their game plan. They changed nothing with Tony Fisher. That first run was for
5: 11. The next one was for three. He bumped through
8: there for 10 yards and another first down. 15 again, but watch the play selection. This is just what you hear. You see it with Fisher running at cutting inside.
0: There's another oh, sure.
8: touchdown. So The replacement back came in and did his job. The Bears started to lose some air in the tires. I'm glad trailer. that. Back, 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 back. They lead it 23-14. And then Tony Fisher. that Bobby Fisher. rook three to nine. Six.
0: But uh, Fisher. The, okay. lead, the Bears scored a touchdown late. Give the Bears to nod. I mean, they're season. Over their They clinched but the division too. You know what, Dan? What's that? I didn't mind that one and a couple of the other ones uh, so much because the Bears were wearing all whites. Oh, I like the all white. <laughs> I just wanted to see how slow Roosevelt Williams was. Oh my gosh! I mean, how can a guy with a a, a,
4: a member of a secondary? Yep. <laughs> be that slow I mean I, I remember watching that live like how is this guy not scoring I mean I'm not saying that I'm any better but god damn I couldn't have been that much worse <laughs> at the, in 2002 like now I could be but not in 02 I would have been like a little worse but I mean not I mean god that guy's little and has no weight on him, why is he not quicker
0: than that? It's unbelievable. And then R.W. McCordas says, well, I'm not going to block. I prefer the ball, please. Well, if he had given it to R.W., he would have scored without much effort. That is true. But if R.W. would have blocked, the guy might have been able to get to the sideline before he dropped that, because he looked tired. That was part part of the reason he was uh, not running very fast, is my guess. Um, All right, we're up to number five, I believe. Uh, Yeah, So how about Elf? 06.
4: We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're good, <laughs> man. We're 13 and two heading into this game. It's New Year's Eve, 2006, heading into 07. And Brett Favre still doing the, I don't know if I want to play ball shit anymore, like every fucking year, which is why they drafted Rodgers anyway. Because mm-hmm. this guy was whining about wanting to retire every offseason. At some point, they're like, all right, well, all right, we're, we'll, 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 We've got to be ready whenever you fucking quit, you baby. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if my old arm's got it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy wanted roses thrown at his feet every year he played. Yep. But um, he's going to come in with the narrative of this could be my last game. And of course, Rex is thinking about what he's
21: going to do after the game. (laughs) And um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and this is what we
21: get. ...500 500 record to play for. Of course, the big question is: Was this Brett Favre's final game? His 16th NFL season, 15th as a Packer, ended in Chicago. First quarter, no score. Favre, as he's always done, fires a laser. The Donald Driver nine-yard score, seven nothing Pack. Later in the first, Rex Grossman's troubles resume. Nick Collins, all the way back, 55 yards on the pick. Green Bay onto a 13 nothing lead after the extra point failed. Late in the first half, Packers trying to pad their lead. Far to Carlisle Holiday. Far finished 21 of 42, 285 yards. Shortly after, for two minute warning, it's Grossman picked off by Patrick Dendy, who goes back 30 yards. Grossman just two of 12. He had three picks, more interceptions than completions. Third quarter now, Brian Greasy picked off by A.J. Hawk. Greasy had two INTs. Five Packer interceptions in the game. Afterwards, of course, Brett Favre all smiles. For the 22nd time, Favre walks off the field, a winner over the Bears. 26-7, your final. Packers finish 8-8, eight eight, but following his 285-yard performance, again, the big question is, will Brett Favre's 237th consecutive start be his last? It was his take afterwards. Fuck a- his take
4: oh, afterwards. Fuck his take afterwards. <laughs> the... Uh- You'll see, again, the common theme of this is the Bears either get blown out or it's close. Ooh, and we almost win. Yeah. But even when we go to the Super Bowl, we still have to deal with them rubbing our faces in shit. But the next one is really painful for me. The Packers are reigning, defending Super Bowl champions. We're talking about the 1997 Bears who come into the game, you got. you guessed it, winless. The winless Chicago Bears hosting the world champions. And wouldn't you know it, the Bears have a chance to win. How will they lose this one? <laughs> on. <I>
8: love it. <laughs> uh, the Bears are 0 6 the Bears had a chance to maybe make their whole season if they could upend Green Bay. And here we go from Soldier Field in Chicago.
5: First quarter,
8: Brett Favre, looking for Bill straight But it's picked off by the much maligned Walt Harris, return of the 21. And then everyone in the Chicago phone book named Harris said, I can play. Raymond Harris, left tackle, touchdown. Bears smelling upset. Chicago. What about defensively, Tom? Well, the the Bears and the formula against Brett Favre doesn't change. You see him coming with the pressure here. Six men forcing Brett to throw the ball a little bit before he's ready. Then again, the Bears coming out the corners,
23: trying to get some pressure. Again, you see Brett having to put the ball up a little bit before he's ready. And
8: then finally, another six-man rush. Going to throw it. Overthrow Antonio Freeman right there. So pressure is good by the Bears at the beginning of this game. As they did in the first half against Aitman when they played the Cowboys. Packers fall in second quarter, and that's been Farbes quarter. To Antonio Freeman, 16 yards and a first down. Marlon Forbes called for a personal foul. That is a foolish penalty. He has another 15 yards. She can't put him that deep. The fake reverse. And then one up two to Chewy Baca. Mark Chamura with a two-yard touchdown reception. Pack within three, 10 7 after Brian Williams' interception, Dorsey Levins in the mood for Dorsey. Wide open, though he was hurt later, had to leave. One-yard touch-up, 14 back of the half. Eric Kramer starting for Rick Meyer. To Curtis Conway, where's this been? Putting a deep threat back in their game is something Winstead's talked about all year. But Conway's been hurt, and he's back, and it changes things. But then, Tommy, what happens here on the play? Well, you can see Raymond Harris split outside the tackle. It creates some space inside for the quarterback draw. Kramer does a nice job of selling the pass and then coming forward. 17-14 Bears. Far to Chewy Baca again. His second touchdown. 12 yards for Chamora. 21-17 in the pack. Fourth quarter. Eric Kramer to Conway. Ty, well, there's no question. It's flag day. Ty Williams falls him down. On Second and goal, Kramer to Tony Carter, which is aging up. Seth Jordan drags a one-yard loss. Third and goal, Harris left side to the one. What do you do? Call oh, if you one. that, you got to go for it. Nine and a half to go, you're down four. Haven't won a game. Quarterback Steve Eric Kramer? signal it, signal it, signal it. He didn't get it. Yeah, and, and you, you look at the replay, good call by the official. His head gets into the yeah, end zone, but the ball shot. is touched under his arm It never crosses the plane. Oh, it's just Dave set but they would have another chance. Under four minutes to go, on their own 22. Eric Kramer to Raymond Harris. Again by Brian Williams. no, Harris with the pitch, setting up a field goal. Harris jumping all around like they just won the Super Bowl. Calm down now. Two plays later at 24-17. Kramer to Chris Penn. Touchdown. 22 yards. The Bears have got us to 24 to 23. Do you kick or do you go for two? They decide to go for two. Eric
5: Kramer to Harris in the flat.
8: Oh, it's incomplete. Incomplete time. And maybe a moot point because the only way Harris gets in the end zone is if these three Packers go blind right after he gets Oh, that's not true. Harris did not. Interesting decision. Maybe not the best play call, that's for sure. And when you lose games. It seems like you just find another way to lose. The Bears were game as they were earlier this year on a Monday night against the Pack. But the Packers win it 24-23. Locked that decided to go for two for the win late after the game. Second guessing? It was a no-brainer. We told the team when we got the ball that if we get on and score, that we're going to go for the win. We were not... Uh, we we're not going to go for the time and get into a two-minute drill. I'm happy that my coach had enough confidence in the guys in this locker room to try to get a win. We
21: needed a win. We're sitting there doing something. Do you imagine what this type of win could do for us? You know, so that's his thought. And I appreciate that thought. And even though we didn't
4: win
2: the game, we went
0: down swinging. I would love Dave that to take over this team from Matt Nagy for the rest of the season. I swear to God, I would too. (laughs) He had guts. But Nagy on fourth and one, we're going to punt the ball away. He's like, oh, there's no way we're going for two. Are you kidding? (laughs) That one was heartbreaking, but it was also... Cool to see the fight in the team and to listen to watch that afterwards and his conviction that he made the right call and Brian Cox supporting him. That was my favorite of the seven highlights that you've presented, but they're all uh, incredibly depressing.
4: Well, <laughs> oh, we've got three more, and these right here are, are going to be really highlights, low lights, however you want to call it. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's go to number three. You want to set it up?
4: 2009. It's week number one. It's the debut of Jay Cutler as a Chicago Bear, and, mind you, the last time we ever wore white on white.
0: Oh, this is going to be even more depressing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Here it
5: comes.
23: (laughs) What a contest in Lambeau Field. Jay Cutler making his Chicago Bear debut. His first half was a forgettable one. First quarter, second possession for Cutler. He is picked by Nick Collins,
8: and
21: that's a uh,
8: plays. He put him in intercepted three times as well. Exactly, well, and, and it is one thing. The secondary, I, I think, arguably this is the best secondary assembled in the NFL. There
23: are certainly ball homes. Packers are up three nothing in the second quarter when Cutler uh, gets things going with his rookie wide receiver Johnny Knox. What a great name! Even better catch, ran by. Charles Woodson, yeah, this guy ran a 4 3 4 at the combine. And Charles Look that had no broke. idea he was going yeah, to have 68 yards down to the Packer, eight, two place later. Cutler to Desmond Clark. Uh, oh, boy.
0: Ah, uh, Desmond.
23: The quarterbacks and receivers just don't want to page. come on. They're not in sync yet. <laughs> and then next play, Johnny Jolly, the big man, Lita. I don't know if I can say this is the best one-handed ground a by three Oh, a play, play. Look at it. an athlete. Um, it could be the only one-handed interception yeah. ever seen by a, a 350-pound lineman. So that's the way the Bears come up with no points. However, they get points here when Charles, T- Daniel Manning runs down Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. Rob was all night long. Three times he was sacked in the first half. It's three to two this in this game. Less than five minutes to go in the half.
8: What That's is he doing?
23: To throw his third pick of the half. Yeah. with news defense. That three, four kept blitzing Jake Cutler, and he was throwing it up for grabs for much of the night. But Tremont Williams loses the football towards the end of this play. Lovie Smith challenges it. He thought Williams may have fumbled the ball through the end zone. Throws the challenge flag. It was upheld. As an interception, no fumble through the end zone, Packers get the ball one play later from the one and Ryan Grant pops it in and the Packers lead 10-2 at halftime, the first 10-2 halftime score in the NFL since 1968, third quarter we go, Cutler got his uh, head on straight in the, in the locker room, what a beautiful throw. Right there on third and nine to Earl Bennett for a 21-yard gain. Five plays later, Cutler hits. Who else but? baby! Devin Hester. 36-yard score. The Bears are down 10-9 just like that. Nice pitch. Nice catch. Nice play. Nice game. It's a one-point contest. Third and two, six and change to go in the third quarter. Next, Bears' possession, Desmond Clark over the middle, hangs on, let a Robbie go, field goal, and the Bears take a 12-10 lead. Fourth quarter we go. That's your score. Bears lining up to punt on their own 26 and suddenly Garrett Wolf, the up man has the ball and the
21: Packers are thanking
23: than the Bears for doing that that was done yep and wasn't expecting it this is like what it appears the long snapper Patrick Manley was the one who made that call and Lovey Smith challenged the play thinking that perhaps the Packers had too many men on the field it really wouldn't have mattered anyway uh, had the Packers had too many men out the field. But the bottom line is, is that the Packers got a field goal out of it. And in the next possession, when the Packers think they got the Bears off the field, this is called it's a bear call. illegal contact. That's on a terrible matters. call. Terrible call.
14: Boy.
23: So That's the tough. Bears aren't off the field. The Packers' defense still on the field. And Jake Cutler and the rest of the offense was having a field day after that. Devin Hester, 24-yard gain down the sideline. Nine plays later, third and goal from the three. Cutler trying to get in the end zone with Greg Olsen, but it's too hot. And the Bears do, however, get the field goal. So the extra set of downs they got, thanks to that penalty, gives them a two-point lead. Less than two minutes to go in the game. Aaron Rodgers has been looking deep all game long. He doesn't go there. He slides down to the 50. Taking a look at the pocket. As Rodgers is hit by Lance Briggs. They didn't uh, call anything on him but anyway uh, live uh, is a touchdown Action. to greg jennings 50 yards i mean more sword. times wow, when you see a live ball yeah.
2: face yeah everybody bites even the secondary like, bag bag bag. It's, it's not like you're going to come in and
8: actually
18: make the tackle
21: uh, the sure you for you you
18: thank you school. nate faster you're getting
23: paid. the game back down a victory eddie jackson steps in front of the pass and it is the fourth and final pick of Cutler's
0: night as the Packers come from behind in a bruising battle, 21-15 to win. Unbelievable! Oh, if you think you think that
4: one's bad, the next one is from 2003. It's the first game ever at the new Soldier Field, and wouldn't you know it? It's a Monday Night Football, and the Chicago Bears are going to host the Green Bay Packers. <laughs>
24: Mostly, <laughs> could it happen more Packers brand spanking new soldier field 21 renovation project complete the place is a palace. the team the tenants considerably less spectacular and brett well, he always seems to do quite well against the bears 10-1 in road games against chicago 9-1 in soldier field 1-1 one, one down there in Champaign. first Cardinal no score amon green three minutes in and da 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 batman thank you
4: jerry 60 yard
24: touchdown run for number 30. Take another glance, because the poor Jerry is going to get laughed at in the film session. Look at that, just PlayStations, the poor fella, and off he goes 60 yards for the touch, 7-0. Later in the first, third and five to the pack, far, Donald Driver. Well, the Bears can take solace in the fact that one did not go for 99 yards, and a touchdown led to a field goal 10-0. The first quarter, Brad Maynard back to punt, and that did not happen so well. Got to be solved in the kicking game, as Reese Davis says, and that was not. Look at it again, Marcus Wilkins. There's an arrow there. Apparently the Bears didn't see. He comes clean. What a Jill fucking got idiot. it. Maynard, not happy. A couple of plays later. Amon Green. There he is again. 166 mini between these two teams. Yeah, it looks it like any like Jackson that. First time any team has put up 17 in the first quarter. Into the second. Far. Spinning away from the rush. and going to complete a pass for Tony Fisher. Packers have had one QB for gosh knows how long. That's Favre in that same span. The Bears have used 15. Watch again. Favre will lose the rush. Pump fakes give Brian Urlacher. Now we go the other way away from Urlacher and Oh, boy. That's just him making plays. Favre then to William Henderson. Your fullback's open. 14 yards. 20th career TD pass to Favre at Soldier Field. Jim Belushi, Chicago man, in the booth. Give a call with Big Al. Do go, 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 go. Go. you go, There's a really need to see what the call is here? Is totally, oh, sadness. Fourth quarter, Chicago down
0: twenty-four to nine. This time, Thomas, clean blocking. There's no holding I used to like that late, guy a lot. I love Anthony Jones. Thomas. Yep.
24: 110 yards in the night, that time is in. He's the fourth back in team history now to rush for more than 2,000 yards. 24-16. It's a one-possession game until far to Javon Walker. Number one pick a year ago. Nine-yard tee is good. One more glance. Watch. Face inside goes outside. And poor Booker T. watch R.W. Reporters gets the Aggie factor. Packers go up 31-16. And... They finish it off 38 23. Brett
5: for, now Del Stewart. Man fouls
4: for fifth all time in the <laughs> All right. One more. One more. One more. I'll take you back to 2010. Okay. That's the year the Bears are going to lose the NFC Championship game to Green Bay. But you may or may not know that Green Bay or may not remember Green Bay had to beat the Bears to simply make the playoffs. If the Bears would have won in week 17, Green Bay doesn't even make the playoffs. Wouldn't that be great? Because mm-hmm. Green Bay was the lowest seed and had to go through the, uh, I don't remember who they beat in the first game. Maybe the Falcons? Mm-hmm. And, no, no, they beat the Falcons, I think, in the second round because the Falcons were the first seed. The Bears were second. Okay. I think they beat the Eagles, maybe, and then beat Atlanta. And then by virtue, that meant the championship game would be in Chicago. But none of that, all of that's a moot point if we can just win in week 17. And to Lovey's credit, he tried to. This, uh, was a 10-3 to slugfest if you want to revisit the number one game on my list of heartbreakers. Because, again, if you win this, you don't even have to face Green Bay and maybe you go on and win the Super Bowl.
2: (sighs) No matter what happened. So all the Bears could do was end the Packers' season. They needed a win to get the final wild card in the NFC. First quarter, Forte, 22 yards shy of 1,000 for the season. And he gets it with just two minutes left in that first quarter. First and 10, Forte takes it outside. A gain of 25 yards, he had a big afternoon as he goes for 91. A little bit later on in the drive, third and eight. Cutler gets sacked by A.J. Hawk and Jarius Wynn for a loss of nine. Bears would punt, and that was a theme in the first half of this one. Second quarter, Bears D does some damage too, first and 20. Aaron Rodgers under pressure, sacked by Erlacher and Henry Melt. Green Bay punts a few plays after that. Under eight minutes left in the half, Cutler. Scrambling on third and two makes a great play to Forte. Jim, you like what you saw here from number
22: six moving to his left. Yeah, absolutely. you got to get those shoulders square as you're rolling to your left. Watch him get his shoulders square to the target. Boom, delivers. Still a little bit behind Forte,
2: but it gives him the ability to complete that football. That's the mechanics that you like to see from Jay Cutler. But the drive ends with a sack five plays later. Cutler dropped for a loss of eight by Eric Walden. Bears would settle for a field goal. I don't
22: like uh, pass protection. Obviously, they saw a lot of blitzes today, the Chicago Bears. If that was the thought process to to get the improved pass protection versus different blitz looks, they got a little bit of work to do.
2: Jay was sacked six times. Packers first and 10 to the third. Rodgers going for Greg Jennings, but Peanut Tillman with a tremendous pick. And then Charles takes it the other way. A return of 42 yards as he weaves his way to the middle of the field. Second takeaway for the Bears, D, they're in business in Green Bay territory, but just four plays later, Cutler makes a mistake, looking for Johnny Knox in the end zone. Yeah, watch with
22: Rasheed Davis, he's open down on the flat here, Does high-low in the corner. Rasheed Davis wide open, throws it. Minimum, if he doesn't throw that interception, makes a better decision, Robbie Golds kicking a field goal, points left, or left off the board there.
2: Late third, 3-3 game, Cutler still in there, and he is brought down by howard green for loss of nine same drive third and 15. a lot of people would like to have seen color in a snuggie by uh this point he wasn't eric walden drops him fourth quarter rogers comes out firing looking left off and there goes right to jennings in stride big game 46. Yards. did nice job looking off the defender but
22: look at that. Look the, there's a different corner in there, Zach Bowman, because uh, the series earlier, they pulled Tim
2: Jennings off the field. Zach Bowman gets in there, immediately gets the And Manning is ninth coming card. over late, too, because I think yeah. he started to drift, too, when he saw his eyes looking at the left side of the field. Yeah. Very next play, Rogers to a lonely Donald Lee. Much better inside the five-yard line, Green Bay, than the last time they were in, in that position against the Bears. Eight minutes, Cutler going back, and Charles Woodson got to do a better job of... Uh, Woodson, you know, defensive player of the year last year. Without uh, a doubt. All over the place. Mr. Uh, versatility. Per usual. Uh, seems like the Packers blitzed all game long, Clay Matthews there, six sacks in all for Jay. 20 seconds to go, second and 10. What happened here? Just high on the throw, Aaron.
22: Like to see him better mechanics too. Have his feet set, hit the ground, hitch and throw. And just
2: he lets that football sail. I don't think he had his feet set completely. So the Packers punch their ticket to the postseason. They win it ten to three. I think Jim, we would all say the defense is where you need to be. They are playing a playoff brand of defense. The special teams, it is there. It is ready to go. Where is the Bears offense? Well, it's interesting because last week
22: we saw a team in the Chicago Bears they get in a track meet and lo and behold they, they pulled off where they put up some of their biggest uh, point totals the past couple of weeks. Now they're in a in a nail biter against the Green Bay Packers and you and you somewhat lay an egg. So they have to do better in terms of pass protection cuz ultimately if Green Bay's down the pipeline again, you have to learn to block the 3-4 blitzes. If that was the goal today, the Bears failed. So wasn't that ominous?
4: If they're down the pipeline, they will be for the NFC championship game. And our uh, team has looked bad ever since. Well, that was the most depressing half hour that I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> but the, the theme is, like, again, those weren't even the big losses. Like this the ones that we all remember, regardless of, you know, how long you've been a fan or whatever, like the ones that stick out. Like even if you're not a diehard fanatic like we are, uh, the ones that, Everybody remembers as a basement, but maybe some of those you have forgotten. So, but the thing is, regardless if you have, and we just relived them and rekindled those nightmares for you, it's, it's always the same. The story is always the same for 30 fucking years now. It's like a play
0: on Broadway. There's new actors, but they're doing the same shit. (laughs) <laughs> new bad actors on broadway <laughs> well thanks for putting that together it was uh as uh bare truth one uh said that was sadistic <laughs> but it was entertaining it was really was uh, and it's fun to always hear berman and
4: jackson together
0: yeah and like you know and see so many old faces like pat boyle and uh uh, and Dave, uh, the young Dave Wonstad, you know, Dave Wonstad looked like a younger Mike Ditka. He looked like he th- did. Right? The mustache especially. Yeah. I, it, I, I wonder if Michael McCaskey said, you know, I'm going to bring in another Ditka, but he's going to be nicer to me than than Mike. And that's why you Dave, <laughs> Dave Wonstad. <laughs> you know what? He's aged really well. Though. He has. He has. I, I didn't realize, or maybe I did, but I forgot that he also does a, a CBS network pre-game show uh with Carissa Clarissa Thompson I think that's on Fox is that on Fox
4: yeah I'm pretty sure a eh? Clarissa Thompson or whatever yeah she actually started out uh on the ESPN. Fox Sports Ohio oh okay. Cincinnati Reds uh stuff yeah she was at the Reds Network with uh with Tom Brennerman before she got a break to go to the Big Fox you know mm-hmm. she was on the Fox Sports Ohio affiliate.
0: Amy and Bethany McDonald. Uh, I know it can't be both of you writing that. Uh, it says uh, Fields is so inaccurate; it's beyond alarming. Yet Aldo refuses to evaluate his poor play. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's played well. He has been inaccurate, but I think these are all things that come with a rookie quarterback. You've got to go back in history. Peyton Manning threw more interceptions than touchdowns, just like Fields is going to do this season. Uh, Other great quarterbacks have had tough rookie seasons. And so I wouldn't, I'm not going to condemn Fields. He has looked poor at times, he has looked unprepared. Keep in mind that. He didn't didn't have any practice at all with the starters in the in the preseason and OTAs or anything like that. He um, he wasn't prepared properly for this season. What should have happened is as is as soon as they drafted Justin Fields, they should have said he's going to be the number one quarterback or there's going to be a quarterback duel. They should have had uh, given him more. Uh, uh, more uh, uh, preparation for the season. And so he, they've put him behind the eight ball. And even if he would have had all that preparation, you still should have expected there to be a rocky road. Because again, that's what happens with our rookie quarterbacks. You can't say though, that he isn't like, like Boomer Siason said, he isn't better than Trevor Lawrence. Cause he is better than Trevor Lawrence and he's better than Zach Wilson, two other quarterbacks that were drafted before him. And Trey Lance, of course, we haven't seen him played to, to make that declaration, but he probably will be better than Trey Lance, too. And the only reason that Mac Jones is playing better is because he is playing with a conservative system. I mean, how many passes did he throw in that last win on on Monday night? Three passes. And so they're not asking him to do a lot. It's like somebody said in the media reports, I think it was uh, Parkins, they're, they're asking him to do too much. They're asking Justin Fields to do too much. Or as with New England, they're keeping things simple for him. And, uh, and he's going to play very well throughout his entire career. But the upside for Justin Fields is a lot higher than it is for Mac Jones. A lot higher. You agree with that? Any of that, Dan?
4: Yeah. I mean, it certainly could be on paper. Mm-hmm. But Be- Belichick made Matt Castle look really good, if you if you remember. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and he got him paid. So right. I mean, Matt Castle uh, is going to live comfortably the rest of his life, uh, unless he does something nefarious like uh, Josh Bellamy and ends up in jail. Um, for the most part, so yeah, I, the system does lead uh, to better quarterback play. Uh, he's 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 coaching him up to the exacerbating. Uh, or accentuating, rather, his talents, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what the Bears don't do. But on paper, you know, Fields looks like the man. Uh, But like the other person said, too, he's got to work on his accuracy. But like I said, I agree with what you said, though. The bottom line is he's with Matt Nagy, and, you know, he's not with Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's not. He's not. So that's And unfortunately for him, he would probably be in the rookie of the year talk if he were drafted by the Patriots. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: The thing, and, and Jamal says that this is why he wants McDaniel's as our next head coach. But remember this, Jamal: that uh, McDaniel's uh, goes to Denver, and he brings Matt Castle with him. He got rid of Jay Cutler, brings in Matt. And C- lied to
4: Cutler's face, by the way, which was the reason Jay was upset.
0: Right. Uh, this guy, you know, uh, McDaniel's. I think he's cut out of the same cloth as Bill Belichick. He's a cheater and dishonest. Yeah,
4: and he took the Colts job, and then like six hours later, did a Dave McGinnis.
0: That's right. That's right. And uh, so I, I'm I'm not a a fan of McDaniel's character. Uh, so that worries he's me. He's one of those
4: him. guys. It's like Bill Belichick. He's just riding his fucking jock.
0: Right. And if you, you're right, if you look at the New England Patriots coaching tree, it is fucking wilted. It looks like the uh, Christmas tree in the Charlie Brown show. Uh, that thing has no life. And so I, I wouldn't uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith that Josh McDaniels is 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 the guy. I know Mike North likes him, and but Mike North likes Mitch Trubisky, too. So <laughs> I knew that's where you are going. <laughs> All right. Guess what? Johnny Santucci is backstage. Johnny Santucci, I wish we had like a theme song for for Tucci. Let's ask him if 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 he could have like a theme music, what would it be?
4: The Uh, show, the music that they used on Larry Sanders. Oh, hey now would uh I love that like in five, four, three, (laughs) two, one, and then Uh, you know the yeah. Larry Sanders would be good for two. (laughs) I I,
1: I will play the uh, original music of uh, that. I my theme music right now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Maybe so. laughs> that
1: would be my theme music, right there.
0: <laughs> the Bears state of affairs. I wanted to ask Dan this while we were going through <laughs> his uh, catalog of Packer uh, Bears highlights. Do you have a porn collection, Dan, uh, similar to your collection of Chicago Bears videos? No. Is it all money <laughs> shots? I used to back in the day would order like a block.
4: You know, they'd give you, like, all six channels for, like, three hours or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so you could see what I was jacking off to at any given moment that <laughs> night because I would record, like, the three-hour block, one-hour, whatever I was watching. <laughs> I'm sure I still have all of those. But uh, no, 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 I, I've got a huge collection, as you can tell, of sports. And, like, I have those all those games and complete, you know, the broadcast, like, the way it aired live, too, not just the highlights. mm mm-hmm. So, but now the porn uh, is nowhere near the
0: sports for sure. <laughs> well, st- still, cut together some porn highlights for us to watch on the next show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that'll cheer
0: uh, us up, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in the chat room. I wish I would have starred this. I, I I learned today that you can star some of the comments in the chat room, and that way it makes it easier f- for you to find when you scroll up. But wow. anyway, somebody in the chat room. I think it was Stephen. Me. He said, "I wonder if Dan is getting a hard on watching all these Jay Cutler clips." <laughs> hey, you know yeah. that touchdown to Devin Hester—that could probably get me hard. That pass was sweet. <laughs> yeah, there were some nice uh, Bears plays there, but just like on Sunday night, they just didn't have enough of them. Uh, and the the sad tale continues. Guys, I I, I need to go to the washroom. So, two, yeah. will we'll oh, give be- it to
1: you before you go. Although I got to tell you one thing, I. Uh... I watched uh, uh, the, your after show, you know, yeah, uh, with with John Buffon. Fair
0: football, right? Watch
1: halftime first so I could see the high, and come back and see what you guys were talking about after the low. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that was, was the perfect one. tease. What a was change. a change, yeah, wasn't it? And you know, and John and I both expected that the Bears were going to lose, but we were yep. we were having fun in that first half. Yeah, it was <laughs> to borrow too. a phrase from Matt Hagee. It, it was fun watching us yeah. get out to yeah. a I but you like, can who see who the Packers starting and to what call back. Do Bears, <laughs> exactly, right. exactly. I mean, I was this team. All right, just give me five minutes, guys, and uh, I'll, I'll leave you two at it and talk about whatever you like. All
4: right. Danny, uh, did you get to watch those highlights or lowlights there?
1: Yes, I did. I did. It was very painful. What, did,
4: what were any of your thoughts? you remember any of those games specifically? Uh,
1: I remember. And seeing them all brought every single game back to memory, for sure. Uh, just uh, especially that season with, uh, you know, the Caleb Haney. Where all we had to do was beat the Packers week 17. They weren't in. Because they were, they were, I, I knew. I knew that in the, in, in the playoffs, they were going to beat us. If if we didn't beat them on this in the week 17, they'd come back and beat us. I think everybody, every bears fan knew it. You know, if they got into the playoffs, they were going to come and beat us. And that's what happened.
4: Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, You just thought, man, hopefully God, if when Jay got hurt, it's, it's like maybe Todd Collins could come he, you know, he had played some good football over the years with Washington and Kansas city, Yeah, uh, but he just was dreadful so they had to turn to Caleb Haney in the fourth quarter, and you're just like, this dude, as you saw in 2011, was a complete and utter bum, but somehow got us on the board, but then threw that pick to the big, jo- what was it, something jolly?
5: The big yeah. 400
4: pounder that fucking scored when it was tied 14 all. Yes. shit, man. I'd say, that's, that, cool. that's the one I didn't want to include in there because, I mean, I don't want to watch that ever again. It just still bothers
1: yeah. me. Eric Kramer not making. I mean, he, I, I thought he was in. I remember that play. And I remember thinking he was in, I was yelling at my TV, you know, uh, and, and, or, you know, if he'd just extended the ball out, you know, he was protecting the ball. But uh, I remember that, that that came back to me. I'm just like, God damn it. He was in, you know, we should have won that one. Uh,
4: but yeah. The I thing just, I loved about Kramer uh, and maybe hopefully Fields will have some of this in him too, is as you saw on Sunday, he throws the pick six, but he comes back and throws the touchdown to Bird. That's what I was going to say on those highlights. You see, you have Kramer not getting in on fourth down and then throwing an interception, but yet still had the wherewithal to come back and throw the the presuming game-tying touchdown to Chris Penn, but ultimately they, they go for two and don't get it. But Kramer had the mental capacity and the wherewithal to overcome adversity like that and just keep going. Hopefully Fields yeah. will yeah. too.
1: Right. I mean, people forget that, fields is a rookie i I watched the game and I was like man I see flashes if, if uh, you give his kids some time uh he's gonna be he he really can be something special I mean you saw him make a lot of plays he's got to keep the keep the keep the play alive at his feet you know uh he, he's got a good arm people people are they just don't know football I mean Troy Aikman went one in 15 as rookie year. Peyton Manning wasn't much better. I mean, are they going to call and say, those guys are busts? Where's uh, Where's uh, Amy and Bethany McDonald? You know, uh, <laughs> it's probably some 15-year-old hiding behind his little sister's account so he doesn't have to get called football well, students. Well, I don't want to <laughs>
4: say that. They, I'm glad they're listening if they're listening. But, uh, yeah, I get your point's well taken. Uh, Aikman, uh, you know, like uh, they had to get rid of Steve Walsh because going into their second year, and this is adding to your point, People were saying, "Ah, Aikman's a joke," and let's just play Steve Walsh. Yeah. So Jimmy Johnson was like, "Man, we can't have a controversy here. We're going to trade Walsh to New Orleans just because we want we want Aikman is the unquestioned starter. He's the guy. Green so obviously, Jimmy Johnson knew that, and then they would win three Super Bowls. But yeah, early on, people like you said were saying Aikman's a, a bust.
1: Early on, they were saying the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's like, people have short memories. They're Like, oh. It was- Justin Fields sucks he put up 30 points you know I mean the Bears put up 30 points you know I I I said last week that the Packers had put up 40 something points I didn't know the Bears could get 40 40 points or 30 points up on the board uh but I thought I mean I to be honest I had the Packers you know I I thought the Packers would cover the spread and win you know I know the Bears Matt Nagy can't coach the Bears to victories you know he just can't
4: yeah Yeah, it's You're right. I hate to say it. And then, you know, and it's just like, if that wasn't enough to get him fired, like the whole thesis of what we were doing with that countdown at first off at the end of it, I was hoping to somehow be like, but we won on Sunday. Yeah. But in the flip side, since we lost, it just adds to, it It reiterates the point that it's the same old shit. But I'm hoping before I go that we can get to the Howard Stern clip that we have of how are oh, okay. just marrying Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> I would like to hear that. I haven't heard that yet.
4: Yeah, as soon as Aldo uh, comes back then because
1: – Very nice. You got to get, get to work, I know.
4: The game on Sunday, Chris Collinsworth I'm, – I'm not just saying this because the Bears lost. Chris Collinsworth, I think if he evaluated his broadcast and listened back to it, he would say, oh, man, I had a shitty night because he was on Rodgers' dick like they were related. Man, it was Gross. It was disgusting, and he was even was, saying I mean, like, "Oh, poor Aaron, about this, the the uh, the vaccine lie." And regardless of where you are on the vaccine, that's not my point. The point is he lied about it. He he wanted people to believe he was vaccinated, and then it comes out that he lied. And still, it's like, "Oh my God, why are you mad at me? Because you fucking lied. Because you're a piece of garbage, man, and you only care about yourself. That's why yeah. so many of your teammates don't like you. That's why your fucking own family doesn't like you." Where's Aldo? I need to play this clip.
1: <laughs> he is still not back yet. Uh, as soon as he gets back, I will uh, tell him you're looking for the Howard clip. Uh, oh, you're gonna love you. it. Uh, oh, here he is. He's back now.
4: Uh, Aldo, can you play the Stern
0: clip before I have to go?
4: Sure, I can. Oh. It'll. It's that's what we've been talking about. That Rogers uh, Collinsworth was basically deep throating him all day.
0: Yeah. What was that all about?
4: I, I told. I, I really think if Chris listened to his his broadcast back he'd be like oh man this was not my best night it was like <laughs> they were related or he owed Aaron money or
0: something yeah he uh at one point did you hear him talking it sounded like he was gargling with his the semen of uh <laughs> <laughs> of the Packers quarterback uh yeah let me uh cue yeah, this, hasn't heard this Yeah. It is, um, how, how set this up for us, uh, mister. This
4: was from November mm-hmm. and I talked about it on air at the time, but I didn't have a subscription to Sirius at, at that time. But now I do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I went back to get it. Cause I just wanted to balance out all of the love Collinsworth gave him because this was when Rogers got caught lying about the vaccination. Mm-hmm. Right. And Stern Stern just buries him. And it's so great. Here it comes
25: this fucking uh, Aaron Rodgers of the NFL I don't even know where to begin with that story I mean this fucking guy I don't watch football sorry I'm not a big fan I know the guy's a real good football player that's why they put up with his bullshit if there was decency in this world I would throw this guy out of the football league so fast what he did to his fellow teammates And, you know, bravo, Terry Bradshaw, for what you said, and everyone else who's got half a brain in this country. But this fucking guy, they should throw him out of the league so fast. You know, that whole bullshit game. Yeah, I have the antibodies. Now, first of all, I don't know where these guys get their information from. They refuse. At the press conference, he said he got his information from uh, Joe Rogan. With all due respect, Joe Rogan's a guy. Why would you go to Joe Rogan with a medical problem? You got doctors who study in medical school. I don't know what has happened to this country.
26: (laughs) But this is a guy who wanted to be the host of Jeopardy to prove that he's a football player and he's smart. And then you hear yeah.
25: he went to Joe Rogan for medical advice. But he didn't do a bad job as a host of Jeopardy, which actually surprised me. Because, well, uh, basically,
26: you know. it's reading, and maybe somebody's in his ear telling him what to say. I don't know.
25: Anyway, uh, so until now, everybody assumed that this fucking asshole was um, vaccinated because he answered the question back in August like this.
27: Are you vaccinated, and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, I'm immunized. You know, there's a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of conversation around it around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements, and I made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a
25: personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. I'm not going to judge him. You can judge him because okay. you're one of them. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't seem to understand why people are upset with him. They're upset this guy was lying and he's putting other people's health at risk he's a fucking liar and he could have destroyed a lot of people and every anti-vaxxer has their own bullshit covid cure you know the conservatives have their horse medication hippies have their sage and garlic and ginger every everyone you know it, 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 everyone is uh, got some cure and they take this crazy shit, but they won't take the vaccine, which is medically approved, which has been checked out. It's effective. Millions of
26: people have done it now, and yeah. they can
25: see them walking around. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then Aaron Rodgers came up with some cockamamie bullshit that he's allergic. Now all of a sudden he's allergic, which is fine.
26: If you're- there's something in the vaccine, he doesn't even yeah. know
25: what's in the vaccine. He's not allergic to anything in the vaccine. Bullshit. He's not allergic to anything in the fucking vaccine. Guarantee it. Here he is. Here he is yapping about this thing. And by the way, if you're allergic to the vaccine, so be upfront about it. Tell your teammates.
27: In actuality, it was pretty easy in the beginning to eliminate two of them. And it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their uh, criminal activities some fraud cases or any of that stuff. It was simply the fact that I have Uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. So those two were out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. At this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the change. Nothing that was no deaths or anything, but just some really difficult uh, times and physical uh, uh, abnormalities around uh, but and Jay but he's not worried about horse vaccine
25: Horse, dewormer. Wait a minute But
26: COVID causes people terrible Side effects, long term COVID It kills people Oh so, please, the
25: guy
22: The it, dude's it, a dumbass football player Like you're
26: listening to Oh, these vaccines may Cause you some side effects Or COVID could kill you
25: Yeah, then he, then he went into how the vaccine Isn't all that effective Anyway doesn't work because people are still getting COVID. He's so fucking dumb. We know people yeah, that's are still why I said he,
26: everybody's jersey should say "We're with yeah. stupid" on that team when he's on the field. We we
25: know you can still get it because of idiots like fucking Aaron Rodgers.
26: And I go back to
27: like these two questions for the uh, you know for this woke mob like uh, woke mob one woke mob. If the because vaccine it's so political is so with great, him. then how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. dying from you. COVID. Like, if the vaccine is so safe, then <laughs> how come the manufacturers of the vaccine have full immunity?
25: Holy what? mackerel! Who the fuck knows what he's you know he's reading shit on the internet. Oh, okay, because
26: I was like, not get, you know now he's a lawyer and a doctor giving you right. all these facts.
25: And and now uh, and he's getting his he's he's consulting with Dr. Joe Rogan too. I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan,
27: oh, after you he know. got COVID, and I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended there in his know. podcasts. And- Not a, he, Why wouldn't you do what a doctor recommends? You know, on the phone to me, and I'm gonna have the best immunity possible now, based on the 2.5 million good. person study from Israel, that the people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. And I'm thankful sure for don't. people like Joe stepping up and using it. Yeah,
25: by the way, where he got that fact from, I don't know. That's It's the exact opposite. Right, the more it was you from Joe, COVID. probably. Yeah. Joe and his research. I don't know why he's wasting his time on football. He's such a great researcher. He should go into the medical field. My research. He's going to have the greatest immunity. He's like super immune now. I say the next time this fuckhead gets injured on the field, they should bring in Joe Rogan to fix the bones. They should. They should That's have right. him. Treat him. He's the only doctor they should have treat.
26: When he has to go through that concussion protocol, send him to Joe.
4: Now, if you're a Republican and you're against the vaccine, don't view it as me trying to throw liberal shit on. Just be a Bears fan for five minutes and say... (laughs) <laughs> Fuck Aaron Rodgers, that dumbass. <laughs> it just pile on. It's fun. It's a bear fin. It, it we is. gotta get our solace somewhere. Fuck.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's like the guy that. who
1: just tortured us with 10 10 uh Packers Womp Whooping Our Ass videos. <laughs>
0: well, that's <laughs> that's your orgasm right there at the end. You got your payoff. There you go. <laughs> a lot of uh, foreplay for that. Uh, <laughs> oh to, man. To,
1: to, to be fair, he didn't consult with Joe Rogan. I mean, he did the same treatment that Joe Rogan's doctor gave him. That's Mm -hmm. the the misinformation that you're getting because monoclonal antibodies are the emergency CDC treatment for COVID in hopeless cases. And that's the treatment that Joe Rogan had. So, I mean, let's just put things in perspective there. Yeah. Oh, I'm not not saying that. I'm just saying
4: that. And Chris Collinsworth for three hours sucked his dick like he was a victim.
1: It's not it's like Joe Rogan rides. is giving you medical advice. That's a misconception.
4: Joe yeah, Rogan's
1: doctor prescribed him stuff. People, hey, what's your doctor prescribe you? Can I talk to your doctor? Can I get the same treatment from my doctor that your doctor gave you? And it turns out that monoclonal antibodies, which is the Joe Rogan treatment as it's become known, is what the CDC fucking recommends. So, people, come on. So, uh, Either trust the CDC or your doctors. That's, we're not we're not trusting Joe Rogan. We're trusting medical professionals here. Let's just let's just get the story. But again, right.
4: I didn't want to debate that. The point is what I was right. trying to just point out was that he lied, and Collinsworth acted like he was a victim of the situation. And I just wanted someone to say "fuck right. you," right. Aaron Rodgers. Considering Tim Tim the Poole had the him. same
1: treatment. He was dying and recovered. So I mean, there's something to it. There's no the CDC wouldn't recommend monoclonal antibodies if it didn't work. That's what, uh, but again, that's
4: separate uh, from what I'm saying. Rogers lied about it, is what was the reason I brought that up. But again, no, Rogers lied
1: about being immunized. It. He said, I, I'm it's immunized. He never <laughs> had the vaccine. That's the lie that Rogers put out
0: there. Yeah, he's put out a, yeah. a, a more lies than that. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Fuck Darren Rogers, fuck Joe Rogan, fuck everybody.
1: I love <laughs> Joe Rogan, I'm a huge I, fan.
0: Really, I love his he,
1: show that's great i, I love I've, the interviews
0: i've listened to a couple of portions of a couple of interviews and they're okay um i i i don't know i he doesn't to me it's not destination podcast because uh, he's only on spotify yeah. now right
1: yeah he's only on spotify well he's got a youtube channel that plays reruns but okay uh i enjoy the interviews i love the questions he asks he asks questions that normal people would ask you know mm-hmm. he has questions that i want to know
0: yeah there you go um Dan, before you cut out here, because I know you got about five minutes, anything that you want to touch on, uh, whether it's something that you've seen on the tube or anything else?
4: Um, Let me think. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm yes. was really good this week.
1: Oh, uh, my no,
0: gosh. I no power of the love... dog
1: yet? Anybody?
0: Po- no, not yet. Not um, yet. But I I did see this last week's episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I was under the influence of marijuana, and I fucking laughed so much. I mean, I was shitting on myself. And I got to tell you, Dan, I'm not always the biggest fan of that show because it is the same shtick over and over again. But every once in a while, they come up with something so fucking funny, and uh, I was... I'm trying to remember now what the part of the show was that I was where just... Leon
4: kept like taking up for people, the house husband.
0: <laughs> yeah, they come up with this idea that Leon should be a house husband because so many times the women or people are get uh, uh, duped by sales mechanics, mechanics. Mechanics
4: always do that shit. <laughs> That's right. They're <laughs> hustlers, man, more than the whores on the street.
0: <laughs> and by the way, that guy Leon, he should have his own show. 'cause that guy is brilliant man. He is so fucking funny. Why doesn't he have his own show? That we need we need to petition that like right away. Well,
4: he's on uh, every football game now as the new Caesar on that that betting site. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's JB Smoove who plays Leon as the one that's the and the endorsement where he has he has Cleopatra and now he has the Mannings on there mm-hmm. on the commercial. cuz he, he said like the new one, he's like I even like Cooper. Mm-hmm. Manning that didn't play, you
0: know. Right, so. right. Um, yeah, so anything else besides Curb? Real quick before I go on, did you see the episode from about
4: a month ago with Larry and the Klan? Oh, my God, the KKK Yes, episode. I that did. Was, that was pretty funny, too. Oh, that was one of my favorite episodes of all time. Yeah. It's right up there with the... the um, Incest Survivor Group, Mm -hmm. if you remember that from season one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I Uh, caught up on Dexter. I I watched Dexter last. I started Dexter. Yay. My wife and I are
1: enjoying it. Yeah, season one.
4: Yeah, you'll like it. It's really good. Yeah,
1: Yeah, enjoying it.
4: Really and I've caught up on Yellow Jackets. So
0: Yeah, yep. Yellow Jackets to me is a little bit of a letdown. It That's seems – uh, for those who haven't seen it, there's basically two storylines. It's a group of girls when they were teenagers and they crash-landed uh, – uh somewhere and they are now being forced to fend for themselves and it's been described as sort of a lord of the flies thing and if you're familiar with the william golding book you know people start to eat each other so i I don't know if that's going to happen but then the other storyline is them older at least some of them there's a couple of characters missing so i'm presuming that they were eaten somebody's
1: uh, murdering characters in the present day too
0: yeah yeah suspect. That is true. So. But it's that storyline with the present day uh, women that I find weaker, even though it's a great cast. Juliette Lewis, mm-hmm. all, all those people who, who are, uh, what's her name? Christina Ricci, all great cast. But I I like the storyline with the kids uh, who have crash landed much, much more. That one keeps me going.
1: The it's, one who plays Missy is Christina Ricci. Now. I almost don't yeah. recognize her.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and when you told me just now, I was like, "That oh, but damn it, that's Christina Ricci." You don't even yeah. recognize her in the hair and the
0: glasses. Yeah, she's got quite the get-up going oh. on. Uh, Dan, what? you were going to say something.
4: Yeah, I think it's coming to, uh, uh, together a lot now. And the the one that I don't know what her name is, but she kind of looks like Molly Shannon. She's uh, the presumably the main character of the show. Um, the younger version of her had sex before they went on the plane.
10: Mm-hmm. And,
4: uh, now as we're finding out that she's pregnant while they're stuck there. So, I mean, you could have some weird shit with like a, them. someone eats the baby, who knows where it's going to go, mm-hmm. but, uh, I like it. I think it's just getting better and better. Like, I think they're halfway through now, five, maybe six episodes in there's 10 total. I, I think it's getting better each week. I think it's good. I hope you don't give up
0: on it. I think it's, no, I'm it's not. really good. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to give up on it. Um, but, um. Uh, and then you, you're you not a Succession watcher, neither one of you guys, right?
4: No, nah, it reminds me of that show on Showtime called Billions, too. They look the same to me, and yeah. I'm not interested in either one.
0: Yeah, I, I highly recommend Succession, although I am a little bit disappointed with Season 3 that just finished, uh, although the conclusion of Season 3 was, was a great cliffhanger. But the first two seasons are outstanding and you almost have to watch it or at least give a couple of episodes the try because it's become a cultural phenomenon. I mean, a lot of people are saying that it's could end up if they, if they continue the show, if the show continues to ascend as it's doing now in terms of popularity, that it could reach Game of Thrones popularity. And I know, Dan, you're not a fan of Game of Thrones, but but that's because of the genre um, I, I would give this a a shot because it's a it, it's a commentary on like the Murdoch family, the Rupert Murdoch. Family.
4: But, but I don't like Rupert Murdoch.
0: I know. <laughs> I, and, I don't want to
4: watch anything about Fox. News.
0: And you're not going to like any of the characters on here. But the what's great about it is the way they cut each other up. It's like watching a roast. Some of the lines in this are so fucking funny. It's great, and there's a pretty good storyline and a great soundtrack. I say give it a, give it a shot.
4: Well, before I go, I got, let me tell you one more thing, and then I do have to go, unfortunately. It's been a fun show, by the way. I, I feel like Matt Nagy in the first half, but um, <laughs> I finally saw, uh, again, it's not I'm like my buildup is just like, uh, why'd you build that up? But I finally saw the new <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. I had a date on Saturday.
0: Oh, what'd you think? Uh,
4: they did as much as they could. It was almost like if Ghostbusters had come out in 21 instead of 84, mm-hmm. but it folk, it like I thought Paul Rudd was going to carry the movie and I like Paul Rudd. Yeah, me too. So I, he's kind of like, Oh, by the way, Paul Rudd's in this, it focuses on the fucking children too much. Like one of those fucking kids from that show that everybody jacks off about, uh, stranger things. Ooh, stranger things. You know, I, I don't have any desire to, to be to watch a bunch of 14 year old kids in any scenario. So, uh, yeah, the film focuses too much on the children and it comes across a little too PG, even though I think it may be PG 13. Uh, but it's just like, am I watching stranger things? Like, I want this movie focused on adults. It doesn't have to be rated R. Sure. It could still be PG 13, but th- the adults are almost secondarily uh, of, of importance to the film and I don't want to spoil it. There's a lot of ties to the first one of people that are around. They even uh, managed to Harold Ramus Isn't with us anymore. Let's just say his presence is felt. I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they dedicate the film to him, which is cool. And, uh, but I, I wasn't disappointed. It's just, it could have been better in my opinion, if it just didn't force those fucking children down our throat. But beyond <laughs> that, it's a good movie for your kids. Like Tooch has got, you know, some younger kids. I bet they would love this movie. And it would be, if you had to watch a movie with your kids, this would be one of the best ones ever. Because kids like a lot of awful shit, you know? So (laughs) this would be fun. But as an adult... I wanted more, but there you go. That's my review.
0: Right, by the way, before you go, uh, uh John and I, if, if it's okay with tooch I'd like to stick around another 20, 30 minutes to answer some of the questions in chat and, and, and for John and I to chat, but before you go, Dan, do you have a Monday night football prediction? Oh,
4: the Minnesota game. I was thinking Monday night football. Who's on Monday night this week. you <laughs> I mean, next week. Uh, yeah. Cause it's Tuesday. Duh, you uh, can tell I've duh. been working already. Yes, uh, you have. I haven't <laughs> had any sleep. Um, I mean, if I had to predict, if I had to put my money, if I was going to be too cheer and, and make a bet, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I would bet against the Bears. But my heart says, oh, we'll find a way to win this. It's at home, why not? But mm-hmm. you know, we haven't won a game at home <laughs> since the Detroit game that you and I were at. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, if I, I would Minnesota's got a lot to play for. Uh, if I'm betting, I'm going to say the Vikings. But I'm hoping that the Bears win.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i the same way. I mean, I bet on the Packers uh, to win uh, Monday night uh, or Sunday night, and I'll probably bet on the Vikings. Just uh, and But I'll be rooting for the Bears, but I want to make some money. So it's an easy bet that the Bears are going to lose. All right, uh, Dan, get out of here. Tuch and I will close things up.
4: I hope it was as fun for you all as it was for me. I had a really good time tonight.
0: It really was, uh, Dan. I appreciate all the hard work you put into those video clips and uh, looking forward to our next show. All right, you all be wells. Take care, Tooch. Okay, brother. Later, Danny. All right, sir. All right. You want to do your prediction now?
1: Well, you know what? Three and a half points, you know, you're tempted to take the Bears, Mm -hmm. you know, at home. But the second half collapses, Mm -hmm. you know, and Vikings have been in some close games. Most of their losses – this season have been, you know, three points or less. They're able. To, I mean, so I mean, I, I'm loath to the the Bears, even with getting points here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only way I would take the Bears is possibly in a teaser with another team, you mm-hmm. know, or possibly the Bears. You know, then you you tease the Bears up to nine and a half, and maybe take the over, you know, uh, lower uh, lower the over line down to what is it right now? It's Monday night. Lower it down to 38. I think the Vikings and Bears can get over 38 points, and the Bears just have to come within nine and a half points of mm-hmm. the Vikings. I think that's doable. I don't know. I mean, I still, still, I don't trust the Bears second half to uh, yeah. you know the collapse in the Let's second get, half.
0: If Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are playing for the Vikings, and they yeah. uh, and sure will be, they they came out of that game without any injuries they're going to kick the Bears' ass. I don't think that the Bears' defense can uh, stop that that dual weapon that they have on that team, the the, the wide receiver. I mean, that guy is uh, unbelievable. He's going to be a superstar if, he's, if he isn't already considered. And Dalvin Cook is just an unbelievable runner. So I don't think that the Bears' defense is currently equipped to stop that kind of dual attack. So uh, I, I just see it's going to be very, very difficult. Plus, there's just – a, a cloud of demoralization hanging over the Chicago Bears. I don't see how they can bounce back after, a, you know, that disappointing Packers loss and the injuries are mounting up. It's it's going to be fucking ugly, man. I just don't see it. All right. I wanted to ask you, uh, Senor Tooch, because hey, a you, lot of you.
1: You remember you asked me uh, to do something uh, like, did I prepare anything for tonight? And I was like, I, you know, I, I thought I would. I would you know we're in the it's the same. it would be the same exact material
0: because
1: <laughs> same, we're in the same nothing's changed
0: nothing's i hear yeah
1: <laughs> matt Maggie still has a job you know mm-hmm. the the bears uh I, I don't know whether they whatever got out and said that, oh we're going to fire him after thanksgiving you know whether that loose lips you know got the story out there and then they had to like walk it back now they're like mm-hmm. oh like I, I don't know if we can fire him Ugh. after the season after the season you know but i'll tell you monday nights Monday night, if the Bears get blown out by the Vikings Monday night at home, red home, blown out at home by the Vikings, uh, I think George McCaskey you know, if it doesn't cross his mind, he's a fool of uh, of, uh, whether or not he should fire fire Matt Nagy and and Ryan Mm -hmm. Pace, and uh, he could he's not getting rid of Ted Phillips because that relationship goes back years. Mm -hmm you know and he got the stadium deal done but like i said mm-hmm. i'm I, i'm i'm of the belief that this the bears ownership wants to and has to get this arlington park deal done and get a new stadium built there that they own they control they they have profit all the concessions not the chicago park district they can fit uh, uh you know 20 to 30,000 more fans in the in the seats because that's more profit mm-hmm. for them they can build a you know a, a better fan experience they could have a retractable dome they could host a final four they could put casinos on the grounds and take in some of the profits. I mean think of the of the value their, their franchise would go from whatever it's worth now to the billions of dollars that, that that's what's at stake So if Ted Phillips is not going anywhere would, would they be smart to move him to a position that's just like a uh, uh, director of business development and stadium, uh, Uh, financing, something like that. Yes, they should do that because fans are clamoring for Teddy's head. They have been for years. I, I don't know. Are the Bears oblivious to the fact that fans want Ted Phillips' head on a pike?
0: No, they're not. But the thing is, is that they, they're looking at uh, when they look at Ted Phillips, they don't see the president of uh, the Chicago Bears. What they see is the, the goose that's laying golden eggs because yeah. they're making so much money They're You know, every everybody likes to point out the one loss record for the Chicago Bears under Ted Phillips. But what they're overlooking is the over $1 billion in revenue that the Chicago Bears have generated while Ted Phillips has been president. And they don't want to fuck with that. They don't want to fuck with that. Now they tell Ted, you stay out of the football operations business. And now Hub Arkish has been kind of questioning whether he and or George McCaskey has been staying out of it. Uh, so there's that debate that's come up again. But for the most part, when I talk to Greg Gabriel, he assures me they have nothing to do with football operations. It starts with Ryan pays and continues on to the coaching staff, it's just those two guys. The only thing that Phillips and McCaskey have to do is hiring of, of uh, the next GM. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I, I agree with you. You know. Um, no, nothing's going to happen they ha- they have to do something because of Arlington Park they have to because they want to get investors they want to pass this th- thing through they want to have a organization that people are buzzing about so that everybody will be you know on board with the move to Arlington Heights and there's there's still hurdles to overcome so fielding a good team will be uh, very very important what do you got up here uh Steven from Stephen me yeah
1: this is one I just watched uh man i'll tell you the past three weeks yeah i've given i gave you king richard which uh had a great movie if you love sports movies and then you got will smith's uh he's definitely nominated for this for best actor for this one so you have a great performance uh and then uh uh, i gave you the power of the dog which probably will have multiple nominations best picture best director best actor best Best actress best supporting actor uh best Mm -hmm. screenplay best cinematography uh, and The mm-hmm. Power of the Dog. This is the uh, uh, Jane Campion film we talked about last week. And then I watched The Unforgivable, which has a great performance by Sandra Bullock. I'm not sure I'm not sure that she won't get nominated either because she was really great in this.
0: Yeah, uh, Hollywood loves her. So uh, if she's great, right, in it, she she'll, is a Hollywood
1: much. favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she plays someone who uh, is, gets out of prison, being in prison for 20 years for mm-hmm. uh, killing a, a police officer and then slowly the stories revealed of what happened on that fateful day, uh, when she was y- a younger woman. Probably she was she was taking care of her younger sister, you know, and uh, the, the social service and she was You know, some things happen and then she comes out, she's trying to put her together, get you know, she can't get a job, people are are, you know, uh, cow killer, beating her up and stuff and uh, she's in a halfway house with you know drug users and stuff. And uh, John Bernthal is in it. He's also in King Richard. Uh, he plays that kind of uh, love interest uh, mm-hmm. in the show. And uh, uh, man, I don't want to give it away because it does have sort of a twist ending. Uh, you got to see it coming. There's the sons of the the police officer who was killed. The sons mm-hmm. are coming after her. That we got to get you know two two brothers. You know, and the Wright Brothers, you know, they're like one's like, no, we're not going to do anything. You know, other one's got a plan hatch. And you'll see if you watch the movie. It's not unforgivable. It's on Netflix.
0: I will definitely check that out. I've got it on my yeah. list. Uh, I want to go back uh, and address uh, what Matthew Fuchese, he said. Uh, yeah, Dan is not a fan no. of Game no. of Thrones. He just doesn't like the gladiator sword. Fantasy. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't, fantasy he doesn't fan. get it. Which I don't understand why that would deter somebody from watching a great story. I mean, uh, there are some genres that I wouldn't, uh, that are not favorites of mine. But if you tell me this is an outstanding story, and I'll I'll definitely check it out. And particularly if it's become a cultural phenomenon around the world, you just want to know, okay, what's everybody talking about here? And so that's the reason to watch Game of Thrones. You're a big fan of it, right?
1: Yeah, I love uh, fantasy, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, I would prescribe fantasy to Dan Aguirre just to get away from Bears-Packers games. There you go. <laughs> right? <laughs> just turn off, turn off the misery faucet for a little bit.
0: It's funny because he was uh, on with Mike North, and uh, and that's basically the advice North had for him. Yeah. <laughs> say, let, let it go. Let, <laughs> it, go. And let it go. Yeah. Uh, there was a football question here that I wanted to address. Uh, here it is. It's from the factor. I have a question for you guys. What do Jefferson and Chase, uh, Demar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase have that Mooney does not chase and Jefferson are considered wide receiver one. And I do believe that Darnell Mooney could become a wide receiver one if I he improves too. his hand. So, but yep. you know, I'll tell you this: I saw Justin Jefferson up close because I went to, to the Senior Bowl the year that he was there, and the guy is phenomenal—size-wise, speed-wise, hand-wise. He's—he's right now. He's a better player than Darnell Mooney, uh, Jamar Chase. You know, frankly, I he he had that one season at LSU. It uh, took started, the year off. Uh, it took the year off, and uh, I haven't watched them other than the highlight films. I haven't studied them too much. But, right. you know, he's a great player, but uh, so I can't, but I won't spend so, time comparing them.
1: Those guys are a little bit bigger than Darnell Mooney. Dar- Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney's not a big guy. He's a tough kid, though, man. He's like 5'11, 185, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he, if you watch, he's tough to bring down. Mm-hmm. You know, he he does, he breaks some tackles for a little guy. I mean, Chase and, and Jefferson are 6'2. Yeah. You know? And one thing that Darnell Mooney doesn't have is Jamar Chase's speed. Jefferson doesn't even have Jamar Chase's spear. Jamar Chase gets behind anybody, he's gone. Yeah. He's, he's just, that yeah. fast. Not only that, but he's like for a six foot two guy, he is agile as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jefferson is a is a smooth route runner. You know, he is he's always where he's supposed to be. His cuts, his moves, his set sets up the defensive backs great, and he gets he gets positioned with his body, you mm-hmm. know, and he has great hands. That that's uh uh What's his name? Justin Jefferson, right? That's his name yes. on the Correct. Vikings.
13: Yeah. Jamar
1: Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase. This is his first year. He's he's exploded. Um, he also has Joe Burrow throwing in the ball, which is kind of unfortunate because Burrow's. You know, uh, I don't. I, I mean, Burrow's having a sophomore slump. Yeah, you know, he's not. Uh, he was. He was decent his initial year. It uh, looks like uh, Justin Herbert is the best quarterback to come out of that draft. But I mean, like Tua and uh, uh, Burrow, they got some growing to do, you know. But I, everyone here that's saying that, like, Justin Fields is a bust. Man, I was like, you just don't know football. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff that he, the escapability, the throw, the, you know, when he rolls out, you know, he's got a strong arm. He's a rookie. You know, he right. can, wait till he figures out NFL defenses. But did y'all um, not watch Ohio State football? Shit. Right.
0: It's uh, totally unfair to judge him, uh, call him a bust at this yeah. point. There's no way you should do that. Right. you got to give the guy some time to develop. He, he um, wasn't
1: with the ones in training camp.
0: Right. I mean, you know,
1: Would they rather have Andy Dalton? <laughs> For Christ's sakes.
0: No. No. From day one, it should have been Justin Fields and yes. developing him uh, to start right away. He's the um,
1: future of the franchise.
0: He really is. You better PJ get behind like him. Are are we fans of the show Blacklist? I am not tuturing you. I don't you.
1: know it. I don't know the show. No, but uh, this
0: is. I think this is the NBC is that, show with James Spader. James, uh, I
1: love James Spader too.
0: Yeah, uh, it's got a great cast, uh, and it's got quite the following for a broadcast TV show. But I don't I'd watch never, don't
1: broadcast TV that much. I'm more streaming TV. Right? Yeah, I'm you the same to? way.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't. I can't think of a show that I'm watching on broadcast TV unless there's a lot of really hot chicks in it. Like the bachelor, or something like
1: that. <laughs> Stephen me is a Burrow fan. I mean, Burrow's okay. I mean, he's had some ups and downs. I Man, look what he did against the Bears first half.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know? I, uh, yeah. He has days where he th- makes some dumb throws, too. I Made mean, till his third year. We'll see. I, I think the jury's still out on Burrow. I'm not saying he's a bust.
0: I, I lean more with Stephen. I think that Burrow's got a great future. You know, yeah. he's had a little bit of a sophomore slump, but. Yep. Um, you know, but considering he's coming off that MCI and tough division, Burrow is somebody I would uh, put my chips in a, a, if I'm asked to bet on the guy's future. I think he's going to be a good one.
1: Yeah, the Bengals' defense has played over their heads this season. That's the reason why they're challenging for the division. And then you've got Pittsburgh in a down year and the Baltimore definitely in a down year. But when have you seen Baltimore's defense this bad? hmm You know?
0: Yep. Yeah. Very true. PJ is really making us uh, uh, think twice about watching the Blacklist show NBC. It might be a good show for... uh you Know uh, to do a binge on uh PJ, maybe yeah. we'll put that on the list. Sometimes my wife and I say, Hey, this weekend, want to do want to binge something? Now they've been on for like five seasons, so that's that that would be like a whole month <laughs> binge, I think. But uh, maybe we'll get into that. It's got another endorser here in GCA, James Spader kills it as Raymond Reddington. What a great name, by the way. Uh, I remember. The first time I saw James Spader, I think it was in the movie Sex Lives Sex Lies Rise, and
1: Videotape.
0: And videotape. Yeah, that was great. and Steven um,
1: Soderbergh film.
0: Exactly. And but then I think it was he one was one of his first. Uh, yeah, I think it was his I think it was yeah. his first. Uh, and then he was in uh, less than zero with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Jr., Andrew McCarthy and Jamie, the lovely Jamie Gertz. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I knew then this guy is going to be a, a star. Spader is. He's got that. Uh, he could play the villain. He could also play the love interest and stuff. Yeah. Uh, his career has done good. He was like he's a California
1: good. cool. I always thought he had that kind of, you know, rich kid California cool
0: look exactly. about him when
1: he was younger. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, he could play the creepy roles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, another movie that he's in that I highly recommend is Secretary. Have you ever seen that?
1: Yeah, one? With, uh, oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal.
0: Yes, uh, he yeah, plays yeah. a, uh, I think he's a lawyer in the movie, and he hires Maggie Gyllenhaal to be his secretary. And um, she has had uh, issues cutting herself, self-esteem issues and stuff. And he is, uh, he's is he got a fetish uh, for, you know, uh, uh, what's it called when you like spanking women? There, there's a, a name. Uh, bondage? It. It, yeah, I guess there is some. Bondage, bondage.
1: and discipline, B&D
0: yeah b and d and so uh it's a sexy don't ask
1: me why i know that <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: but I got to tell you, when, um, my wife and I watched it. This was years ago. And boy, we got so effing horny. <laughs> I watched that movie about five minutes after the movie was on. There I yeah. was spanking my wife's ass. Yeah, baby. Let's get it, get it going. <laughs> She's going to kill me if she hears this. <laughs> but that's uh, I, we definitely need an an Aldo movie light bulb
1: I now, right? We need an Aldo light bulb. <laughs>
0: That's right. No, we're not going to go there. But I definitely recommend Secondary. It's, it's good. Blacklist is in its ninth season, so uh, that's going to be a, a two-month binge on that one. But I definitely want to see it. You know, there are some quality broadcast TV shows, but when you watch shows on HBO and Showtime, you know, and they're uncensored, you know you sometimes look at the broadcast tv say and say you know why the hell? here's here's the only thing i watch uh drama wise that's on broadcast tv is uh low, uh lord order uh, svu and the organized crime one i i, I still you know th- that format of yeah, the law yeah. and order shows is just like so brainless you know you could pick it up in the middle <laughs> follow the storyline like that yeah and uh, i've been following that show for you know almost two decades and so you know the characters like the back of your hand so th- that choice I, I have stuck with over the years
1: yeah my wife and i are enjoying dexter because uh she loves that f- she, one of her favorite shows is forensic files
0: yeah you my know, wife it's, is it's... the same way
1: yeah, and uh, I was like, well, you should like Dexter then. Uh, you know, it's like he's basically a crime scene investigator, you know, the blood spatter guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's really enjoying it, too. Uh we find it kind of funny that, like, Dexter is, like, uh, avoiding – he's happy when he doesn't have to have sex with Rita, right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's asexual, you know?
0: Sorry. Right, right. Um, the uh, PJ's asked if we watched Old Henry, a show that Stephen me recommended. I, I, have, a, I, have, to go, I have to go. I
1: have I thought Stephen said I had to go to Walmart and buy the DVD. I was like, I'm probably not happening.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's out on is some of on? The streaming services. Uh, Stephen, which real, real uh,
1: which channel is it on for Old oh. Henry? Because I love westerns, man. You know, I love westerns. One of my favorite movies of all time is Once Upon a Time in the West. I think that's one of the. I think that's one of the few perfect movies. Yeah. Ever made you know that Old good movie, The bad and the ugly
0: 2021 uh western with uh tim blake nelson as henry action western uh movie it's not it doesn't say um it says you can watch it on youtube for four bucks uh mm, so there's that youtube tv yeah, yeah. um but other than that it might be tricky channel. to find yeah so, uh, what else is up here that I wanted to talk about? PJ, again, uh, really selling Blacklist. I, I bought it on Vudu, yeah. so I can watch it uninterrupted. That's the go, way go. to do it, brother. We don't need commercials. We don't, we don't have commercials on this show. <laughs> uh, last episode of Dexter was great. I can't wait for the next one. Shit's about to go down. And that's yes. in
1: the that's in the new season. He's talking about. Correct, right
0: okay. correct. It is, I, and I'm not going to give anything away here. I've so got a ways to
1: go. Yeah, I'm yeah. only in season one. So you do. how many what, Was there eight seasons?
0: I think there were eight seasons, and so this reboot okay. is the ninth uh, okay. season. I'm pretty sure. I'm enjoying. You I, know I
1: love Michael C. Hall because I, I like. He's uh,
0: excellent. That. He's he so is. good. Effing excellent. And the cast this year uh for this reboot is is really good as well. Last says Christopher Maloney is great. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever watch the series Oz on HBO? Yeah, he was
1: good in Oz.
0: Yeah. My goodness. This guy everybody that was in that show was scary as all. Yeah. I mean, Hell being yeah. on that set must have been really something. All that testosterone that was going on there, you know, and uh, scenes of guys fucking each other and walking around with their yep. genitalia yeah. hanging out and stuff. Yeah. That, that had to be a wild I show. They have way. a lot
1: of uh, uh, gay coworkers at that- you know the ad agency they're like you got Oz is the best show with all the dicks, you
0: know <laughs> that's, right, they were, that's right there <laughs> right. was a lot of dicks on, on Oz that's for sure but that's a, right. that's the uh HBO early classic uh of their uh uh produced yeah their own produced uh, shows it's, right that, that's a show to do a good uh binge on as well as the David Simon show why am I drawing a blank on right. it the yeah. uh the early
1: uh, uh the early uh world. shows of HBO sopranos Oz, yeah. What the about other, the know,
0: one that, that's done in Baltimore? Uh, uh, the Wire. The Wire. The Wire. One yeah. of the best series of all time. Yep. Definitely, definitely worth watching. Um, Tooch, so, what do you got? A winner for us? Uh, a betting winner for us?
1: You know, I, I'm ice cold right now, man. I can't. I can't buy one. I had a good play this weekend. I, I, uh, I teased the the Titans and the Packers. And okay. Just bom- bombed it. You know, ten units. Boom, and then I was like, the Bears are up ten, or up, at, you know, ten. Start, then they're up seven half. and a half. I'm like, oh, they're gonna ruin my teaser, but there was no sweat after that. I mean, uh, the second half, I. That's the thing. It's like, the Bears just can't. The Packers perfectly adjusted, you know, to the, the first half of the Bears. You know, they weathered the storm. They came back. They didn't lose their cool, and they they freaking. Outscored us. what
5: is was it? Yes, uh, I, made I, too, I made a comment.
0: I made a comment on Twitter saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bears fans are complaining, you know, that the Bears didn't do any halftime adjustments. And then I put the, the gif up of you know the face palm, and what I meant by that, I'm not saying that Matt Nagy made good adjustments. I'm saying. To think that they're going to go into the half and they're not going to make any adjustments, I think that's ridiculous. Of course they made adjustments. They just didn't make good ones. They didn't anticipate. They adjusted wrong. Yeah. They didn't anticipate, you know, that Devontae Adams is going to play more out of slot, that they weren't going to come out running the ball. Uh, They didn't anticipate a a lot of things. They, They made adjustments. They just weren't good adjustments, which is really what Matt Nagy does every freaking game they don't make the right adjustments i i find it totally implausible to think that they're just going to go in to uh the half and matt nag is going to jump up and down and say wow this is fun this is fun we scored yeah. no I, I don't think that's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> it is. uh looking at the games i i, I think tennessee is going to go on a little run here i like tennessee at pittsburgh
0: i would mm-hmm. take that bet uh, do, you, do you do english soccer
1: uh, I, I saw. I, I did. I did. Uh, I had Manchester City today over Leeds. So like Stevens, that was no sweat. Like you said, it was seven nil. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also had Aston Villa to win. That mm-hmm. also won. So I mean, I I, I, uh, I I at soccer, I'm red hot. I had Bayern Munich too to win. I had three three soccer games today. I won three and zero. But my mm-hmm. college basketball and you know last night I had the Cardinals. I figured Jalen Ramsey's out. Deontay Dion's out. You know, uh, uh, Daryl Henderson's out for the Rams. It didn't matter, you know, because Arizona just stunk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey's the Rams' best defensive player. You know, if, yeah. you, if the, there was just no stopping Aaron Donald. You, all those guy. Yep. Aaron Donald, the guy that bears, uh, we were hoping he'd drop to us, right?
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I hate to brag, but I'm going to take a moment to brag. Yep. I had on my wish list Aaron Donald and Patrick Mahomes. Yep, Imagine if too, the Bears too. had those two guys. Jeez. <laughs>
5: <them>, yep. <laughs>
0: but I should also say that you know I, I I endorsed the pick of Kevin White. I learned my lesson, but uh, you know, and, and Kevin White I think would have been a. a a really good receiver just if he didn't have all that hard luck.
1: So many injuries.
0: Yeah. But he he definitely wasn't worth a – well, I think he was drafted seventh. uh, Seventh overall. Yeah. He definitely wasn't worth going that high. But if you look back on that uh, draft, there weren't – the, the, the guys that were drafted in that area, all of them were like either mediocre or bust yeah. like Kevin White. So it was one of those years where you almost couldn't get it right, uh, no matter right, who right. you chose. I, there was one guy. Uh, was it Dante Fowler, I believe? Yeah. who went still him. Yeah, went on to have a few good seasons. So yeah, that I would think have he's been on the, the Titans. Right. The other thing that bugs me is Leonard Floyd. You know, the guy is... This is another one of Ryan Pace's mistakes. How do you let that guy get away? I, I was against it. I was saying this guy is ascending. This guy, he's not gonna, you know, give you the 15 sacks that you thought you were gonna get when you drafted him, but he can guard receivers, he can do all. Yeah, we missed Donald by one pick, PJ. Yes, exactly. But Leonard Floyd is was a was that versatile linebacker that every defensive coordinator covets, except the Bears, apparently. Uh, because he can do so many different things. But that is what it is. I'll tell you,
1: passing on Patrick Mahomes, who I love too, that was my pick in the draft. I loved Mahomes. I I, I liked Deshaun Watson too, but the knee injury, you know, would put him down. Mitch Mm -hmm. Jabriskie, I was like, he's all right. I don't think he's a first-round pick. You know, he only played 13 games in college. I wanted Mahomes. I see him throw the ball 90 yards. The arm was, you know. You can't coach arm talent like
0: that. Exactly. To me, he was a Brett Favre, you know, a a wild uh, gunslinging guy that with good coaching. Oh, well, that's the problem.
1: (laughs) They they were like uh, um, Texas Tech. It's not an NFL offense. But (laughs) come on. It
0: is now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right, right. What do you think Arizona's running? That's the coach at Coach Mahomes, Cliff Kingsbury.
0: Yeah. yeah, you know so many NFL coaches are just so stubborn. It's like yep. these guys are doing so well running college offenses. Start adapting some of that stuff into pros and make it easier for guys to convert to the NFL game. You know, give them a playbook that they're already familiar with and and, yeah. and just make it a little quirkier to fool NFL defenses. But uh, you know, what the fuck I know? I'm just just here, ready. getting some yeah. uh,
1: chat chat room folks defending Trubisky. They want they want to have Trubisky back over Justin Fields. I'm like, if you no no if, no, if Trubisky's never going to be better than Justin Fields. You just don't know football.
0: Well, we might have we might have an opportunity to see Mitchell Trubisky quarterback the Bills because yeah. Josh Allen was hurt and his status for Sunday's game is iffy. Oh. I would love to see Trubisky in there. Yeah, he will do good. You think so?
1: I think so because he's got a better offensive line. He's got better receivers. He's got, they don't have a running game. That's the thing that's going to hurt him. He's going to have to mm-hmm. throw. Oof. So, but, uh, but Buffalo's <laughs> that's, a better. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> but, you know, he's got better coaches. Yeah. That, better, it, Sean McDermott and Brian Dayball are better coaches than yeah, Matt Nagy a, and Matt Nagy's folks that he has I'm, there.
0: I'm a little bit starting to grow a little bit hesitant about Brian Dable, and everybody's yeah. loved Brian Dable.
1: I don't want him. Um, he's he's all right though. I mean, yeah. he's better than Matt Nagy. But
0: well, that's um, not saying much. Yeah, the last pass I think that Mitch Trubisky threw in a regular season game was an interception. He was wearing the Bills uniform. He came in. Um, this was two weeks ago. He threw okay. an interception. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't mention it to, to Mike North on the show that we did because I didn't want to break his heart. But uh, I think, you know, a lot of people put too much weight on him coming to Soldier Field and throwing those four touchdown passes. That was an exhibition game. He's playing against a lot of secondary, uh, second and third stringers and stuff. The test is playing in an NFL game, and I would love to see him play Sunday and see what, what he can get. The fact is, the ball looks like Matt Nagy 2.0 versus the Patriots.
1: No, <laughs> here's another one.
0: Mitch is a pro and Fields is an
1: Every quarterback has to throw a perfect spiral every time.
0: <laughs> Come on. No, no. Come on. Who Give is it that bribe. we're talking to? Amy... Or Bethany it's, it's, or the... it,
1: it's, it's someone hiding behind their kids or sisters. <laughs>
5: sisters.
0: Give us your real name. Uh I think it's a guy. It has to be a guy, right? Of course. <laughs> give, us, give us your real name so that way we're not referring to you as Amy. Plenty of I... quarterbacks
1: make beautiful passes that aren't perfect spirals that are just placed perfectly. You know, nobody throws a perfect spiral every time.
0: Yep. That is for sure. I'm, I'm trying to look for that. Uh, Realistic. <laughs> uh, trying to look for that Mitchell Trubisky Bills touchdown, but I can't find it. So anyway, here are. Um, um, some I whole,
1: I liked Mitch. I mean, he was a bear. I rooted for my guy. But oh, I mean, he's absolutely, not a, he's not a bear anymore. He'll no, let it go.
0: He's not a bear. He had though.
1: Matt Nagy as his coach. Let him. Let him. Have, let him go because he got away from Nagy. He's better off, <laughs> right? You know? Indeed. Hey, I, I had to think uh, about you know. I was thinking um, about all of the range of emotions Matt Nagy must have gone through this week.
0: <laughs> you know, oh was, my goodness, that's but, good. Yeah.
1: So you got you've got uh, uh, preparing for the Packers for Sunday night, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You've got uh the the media constantly uh you know asking him about you know uh, what the stories about him too about whether or not he's gonna be here next year or you know all the all the innuendo about mm-hmm. him not being here. Then you get here you've got he's like he's got to go with Justin fields, you know if i'm gonna if I gotta prepare this kid for the for the uh uh, uh packers and I, I don't even know if I'm gonna be here next year. You know, and then the the first half comes out, they put up, they're up, they're up, man. They're playing like, like they never played this whole season before. You know, he's riding the high and the second half was a disaster. And (laughs) Then he goes to the press conference after the game and he looks like someone beat him with an ugly stick. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go to this week and he's preparing for a Monday night game on, on national TV again, where he's probably got in the back of his head. He's probably got in the back of his head. We're going, to, we're going to get embarrassed on NASH
0: TV second week in a row. You know? <laughs> That's hilarious. And by the way, uh, for those listening on the audio version of the podcast, I have been running Metro Trubisky's interceptions from the 2018 <laughs> season. Interception after interception. Uh, after. Look at that. He overthrew that guy by 10 fucking yards. He was wide open, the receiver, and he overthrew uh, him by 10 yards right into the hands of the deep safety. Look yep. at this interception! He there throws into triple, triple coverage. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
16: Look at this yep. three yep. That Vikings. That was a bad
1: decision.
0: There had uh, somebody had to be open with three guys on that guy. You would think, right? <laughs> There's got to be right. somebody open in the field. Look at him step up in the pocket and he overthrows oh. again. I was at this yep. game, by the way. <laughs> this uh, is when he came back from injury, so I gave him some slack. But, but I uh, mean,
1: <laughs> you have to start Justin Fields. The only question that you you uh, you have to ask yourself: Is is it worth risking an injury to this kid because he is the future? I mean, you may not like like it, you know. You may not be a fan of Justin Fields. You watched Ohio State last year; you were a fan, mm-hmm. uh, but right. uh, uh, he made some plays though. Uh, he just has to get be- he has to get better coaching. He's not getting good coaching. He, he he's coming off. He came off an injury, and still they almost you know they had a, they had a shot at winning the game after the right out until right after the first half mm-hmm. and uh he escaped from pressure and made some plays with his legs that no not a lot of quarterbacks can do you know he, he may not throw a perfect spiral every time damn but <laughs> but the kid is gonna make some plays man if you don't if you don't think he's gonna be good man yeah Aaron Rodgers this is basically what people were saying about Aaron Rodgers you know when he was a rookie yeah you Well, know, he wasn't really a rookie it was his first season starting he sat behind Brett Favre for two or three seasons and then came out there and he was running around and they were like, he made, that's a stupid throw, you know, but he had the arm. He had the escapability, he had the arm, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you just have to give him time. He doesn't know NFL defenses. When he went from high school into college, he made mistakes. Yes. When he went from college into the pros. He's going to make mistakes. Yes. You have a rookie quarterback. This is what rookie quarterbacks do. They don't come in light it up. You know, I mean, Troy Aikman, the Hall of Famer, he didn't. Light it up. He's one in fifteen, right? You know, uh Justin Herbert, pretty good. Came in as a as a uh, as a rookie, but he had Keenan Allen. You know, that dude's right. open, open all the time. Yep. He's always open. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred catches a season.
0: So the the I uh, am and uh, Amy and Bethany McDonald say, well, why don't you show some of Justin Fields' fumbles and and and, there, and there's plenty of highlights or lowlights to show of that, but. I just showed you uh, interceptions from <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky's, what was it? He just third whipped season? that up, folks. He whipped yeah. that Mitch. Mitch third montage. season as a Chicago Bear, uh, and he's overthrowing, and you saw it multiple times, yeah. overthrowing receivers. If Justin Fields is still doing that in his third season, then I would say, yeah, it looks like this guy's a bust. Yeah. Then but, you can, uh, say,
1: you can just say he's a bust. There's it's like people are talking about he's got uh, – a wind up wherever I think Greg Gabriel said he's got a long wind up, right? Justin Fields, yes. So, I mean, this stuff is all correctable. I mean, look right. at uh, uh, Tom Brady's mechanics now are 100 times better than when he came into the league. Look at it. Tom Brady has got perfect mechanics now, age 44. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league 20 years. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so what, what matters the most is studying the film, studying the defenses, the brain, and having athleticism to escape. You can work on your mechanics. It's just look at look at Brady's hip torque, you know, his shoulder and hip, the hips hips torque first, the leg drive, the tips, and then the shoulder, and then the arm follows through like a slingshot. And that's right. I mean that's how at forty four he's still getting some mustard on the ball, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have all the experience and the brain and knows the playbook like the back of his hand, you know. It, you contrast twenty years with with one year, not even one year of play. You can't. You can't do it.
0: Very true. Very true. All right. I think it is time to pull the plug. It is 11. 11, Are you in central time there in Iowa? Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay.
0: So it's 11, 11. What time you got to wake up and go to work or you're working from home, right?
1: I'm working from home still. They wanted me to go into the office, but I had, I had some symptoms, you know, Mm -hmm. so they won't let me in the building. You know, I had this weekend to, to today, today's like the first day I felt okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to go in there and work on some stuff at, in the office, but I uh, I have no desire to go back to an office environment, Aldo.
0: I don't blame you, man. You know, I
21: don't blame you.
1: I don't want to get anybody sick accidentally. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to, you know, I, there's no need for me to be in an office. I could do my job fully remotely. Yeah.
0: So, but, well, well, tell people uh, what you're working on. Uh, for those listening on the audio, share with them your uh, Twitter account and the video programming yeah. I'm working on.
1: Yeah, every day i give away a free play which uh i was i had like 15 in a row winners but now i'm ice cold i think i've lost three in a row on my free play my free play is like my top play uh I, I have some subscribers who uh i give picks to give out uh uh free picks now and then on my uh thing on my twitter and then uh we have uh, the Maxim edge sports wagering show we just interviewed sean higgs and and matt uh, Peralt. Two of nice. the big names in, in gambling, Matt Peralt does the uh, Daily Juice on Betting Pros. If you know that show, Matt Peralt was on sure. Monday night. He was on. Uh, sorry, he was on th- uh, last Thursday for the Patriots game. He's a big Patriots fan. And then uh, Sean Higgs, longtime like Vegas guy. Uh, he was awesome, man. He 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 uh, gave out the Rams and the over last night on the show. You know, I was like, really? I'm not on the Rams, bro. <laughs> but uh, he was right, man. He was. I was like, Higgs, come on, man. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I was like, I thought uh, 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 the Arizona Steven, was going to win. even
0: says, by the way, that you like working from home because you can watch porn during work hours and and not yeah, feel. I
1: wish. <laughs> I got toddlers running around, like one toddler, one of the toddlers in school, and then uh, Entertainment Weekly, man, the client is all over me all the time, you know, just, hey, what you know, they don't know how to do anything. I have to, like, hold their hand through the entire process that they've been doing for years. Uh-huh. So, but, uh, you know, the, the issue I'm working on now is February Entertainment Weekly, which is all, you know, Oscar gossip. Uh, yeah, so it has all the features. Benedict. Cumbert, I, I Patch, love Wilson their
0: Weekly, but when they get yeah. those those Oscar issues, I, I I don't even think I pick it up. It's yeah, just I forget
1: moment. though. Last uh, last month was The Matrix on the cover. Did that, yeah. one, did that one reach the house yet?
0: Not yet. i okay. it. That's yes. coming
1: out. That's a beautiful, beautiful photo shoot
0: oh, uh,
1: of yeah, uh, Keanu and uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, and then uh, this month, I haven't seen the cover yet, so I can't. I don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, i don't i don't know the cover story either i've just been looking at you know like uh, yes yeah, uh oscar and uh, uh streaming tv stuff there's a there's a, a peter dinklage uh who played Tyrion in game of thrones either movie or show i don't know because some of the copy was greek
13: you okay know, at this, at this yeah. stage
1: so it, it doesn't sure. tell the whole story but right. uh, it looks like some kind of like cyrano de bergerac type mm-hmm. You know, movie where he's you know the, during that time the Renaissance piece with Dinklage, the Dink,
0: the <laughs> Dink. It's a great actor, great actor, yeah. great actor. Yeah. Quite great. the ladies' man, I've heard. Uh, you know, he's he's a good-looking uh, little man, and uh, right. from what I've heard, the the women swarm towards him. So, wow. pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's you ever a very watch very a porn movie, movie with a little man and a uh, regular-sized woman, for lack of a better way of putting it?
1: No, but um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't close my eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, let me tell you, I have seen. Um, I think I've seen two of them, and it, just by pure accident, you know, I was looking around and stuff, and there's a little guy having sex with uh, one woman almost twice his size, and I said, "Hey, this is pretty cool." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I,
5: <laughs> hey, uh,
0: uh, I got a question for people in the chat because they're saying, yeah. man, but now that we're all at, we got to give our that, prediction too. I
1: think, yeah, right?
0: we gotta give our prediction. But I, what would be, I've always wanted to do like a late night show, you know, here at the Barroom Network, like start at 11 p.m. and go to two or three o'clock in the morning or, or something like that. So, you people in the chat, tell me what hours you're gonna you think say porn. On. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> what hours would you or like review. to be born here at the Bar Room Network? <laughs> Dan's porn
1: review
0: show. <laughs> so let me know if we were to develop this late night show. Help me uh, get a, a good handle as to what the hours would be. So, And keep in mind central time because it might be uh, centered out of Chicago. So write those sh- uh, thoughts down before we get out of here. And, Tooch, uh, your pick monday night's game
1: man it's you know the bears are terrible in prime time i'm gonna say vikings i would buy it down to three you know if it's three it's three and a half right now i think let me see mm-hmm. hold on i got the lines up here and it is vikings minus three and a half still uh over under a 44 i, I yeah i would probably take vikings minus three and you know if they if if the Vikings lost, I wouldn't feel too bad about losing the bet, you know, because yeah. the Bears would win. But
0: I agree. So, so no, I,
1: I find myself rooting against Matt Nagy though.
0: It's yeah, like, it's I want
1: gone so bad. I
0: know it, it, it's weird. I, I want I, I would love there for for the game to be where Justin Fields delivers a sensational performance, but the Vikings still cover, and so that way I can yeah, win my yeah. fifty bucks and yeah. plus. So well, that's, I mean, the that's Vikings
1: defense isn't that good. I mean. You know, the uh it's the offense they gotta watch out for are the Vikings. The uh mm-hmm. the Vikings defenses, you could you could put up points on the Vikings defense, they're probably you know bottom half of the league.
5: Mm-hmm. But,
1: so I mean it's That's not impossible that they could they could win, you know. I I would I would take the over. I think the over is the safest bet in this game, though. It's four only forty-four points. You, you know, I think I think twenty-four twenty is very doable. I think I see more like thirty to twenty-seven.
0: In yeah, would be would be great if the Bears' offense could really. Um, I don't. I'm not sure what the status of the Vikings' defense is. I, I know that they haven't been playing super well, but in terms of injuries, are they? I know uh, Anthony Barr is out to the season. Everson Griffin had another uh, mental illness issue, so I don't think he's back. Uh, yeah. Guys like Harrison Smith, he's past his prime, At, but still making plays out still there. Still making
1: plays. Adam yeah. Feeland is uh their one of their wide receivers, the guy that plays opposite Jefferson.
4: He's but he a pretty missed, good player, but he he's missed injured.
0: last week's game, yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. All right, let's see what some of the people are suggesting here in terms of a late night show and People are like GCA are saying, do it. Uh, the factor says, sounds like a Friday or Saturday sure. show. That would be good. That's a good idea for uh, factor to yeah, do sure. like a Friday night or Saturday night show. It would be cool like if, um, you know, I were to do a Saturday night show. PJ and then- is too
1: young to be retired. He said Who? he's retired, PJ.
0: Oh, yeah. He's a, a, a former Chicago police officer. Oh, so he looks so young in his picture. You he's a young man. Yeah. He retired when he was 50. Oh, yeah. He's also retired. How many criminals, PJ? PJ and, B- and
1: I are probably about the same age, though. I think he's like a couple years older than me.
0: Yeah. I would I would uh, agree with that. So, uh, let's see. Um, you
1: I know, know. Uh, although I tried to go to the movie theater this weekend.
0: Why would girls. you do that?
1: I, they, I want, they wanted to see Encanto, but Disney. Yeah,
0: how animated. was that?
1: We couldn't get in. It was sold out. Oh, really? And I was like, wow, movie theater's selling out. That's a good sign. And then then Sarah Mars told me uh, the industry's really hurting. She thinks uh, cinema is going to only be like concerts more, like where tickets are going you know, to be like a $30 ticket. You're, it's only going to be blockbusters like Marvel yeah. and
0: Star Steven Wars. Steven Spielberg uh, said that years ago. Yep. Uh and I hate that idea, but I agree. That's where. That's why I am yeah. investing in a like a seventy-two inch screen uh, that, yeah. 8K, that will eight yeah. K. That will be our, our movie TV uh, channel because yeah, going to the movie theaters is is going to be you know for the Marvel movies and it's going to yep. be fifty bucks a ticket. You got it. Yep. PJ is fifty-seven All right. years yeah, old. Be Fifty-four.
1: Look at you guys. Yeah. You ever we, wear, P, PJ and I make 50 look good, huh?
0: Yeah, that's right. You ever wear a, a <laughs> super sharp suit like PJ's got on in that photograph?
1: I do, yeah. I have a, one. Uh, I have I bought the suit. I told my wife, bury me in this fucking suit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only good suit I got.
0: <laughs> and she might bury you tonight if you ever she get the
1: has, <laughs> I, <you> know.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm pulling the plug. I got to get some the two just got to work tomorrow from home, watching porn. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but thanks very much for watching. We're going to be back here tomorrow. We've got Hockey Talk at 2 p.m. The Bardown guys, uh, Vinny and Joey and Eddie uh, are going to uh, – Eddie. Uh, Frankie are going to do their uh, hockey show at 2 p.m. Is that uh, they, the Parisi brothers? Yeah, they're fantastic. And by the way, yeah. if you like – You know that they
1: were, in, they were in the Little League when I coached Little League there. Did you ever is talk that football? right? Yeah.
0: I think you mentioned uh, that before. They were
1: a couple years older than my son, so if I was a coach, I they were like a year ahead, and my son was you know a year one or two years ahead of my son. But I used to watch him play, Joey and Vinny.
0: Yeah, you know, one
1: one of them could really hit the ball a long way. I don't know which one, but
0: oh, I gotta I gotta bring Bro. this up. Let me see yep. uh, at the three twenty two mark. I'm gonna play that tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and we'll fight <fly> over it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I used to coach, get my team into, uh, you know, the Hanover Park baseball man. I used to, you, you were, uh, you were expected to get your team into the playoffs there. So I got, I think I got my team in the playoffs every year there. Look at you, uh, but yeah,
0: you should that be was... managing the, the White Sox instead of that old <laughs> guy, right? <laughs> and so, uh, and then now football talk at uh, 7 p.m. We've got an outstanding guest, uh, a guy who used to work for ESPN and now works for Deep Purple. Uh, the website, he does reporting on the Minnesota Vikings, so he's got a lot of inside yeah, nice. information. Nice. He's going to be John Buffon's guest along with Alyssa Bar- Barbieri. Uh, and, of course, Buffon will do his rants, and then I'll join them for the last third of the show to talk football. That's at nice. 7 p.m. Central tomorrow. Do not miss Buffon 55. And, uh, Love Nicole John Ball. Buffon. Love he's John Buffon. He's the best, and uh, the best way to stay on top of everything that we're doing here at the bar room is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or subscribe. I, I, I worry about
1: channel. John Buffon, though. You know, he's such a big Bears fan i I'm one. I, I think that maybe be, being a Bears fan is is affecting his uh, his chances of finding a mate. You
0: know? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's I, like
1: I, women don't like Bears fans. Uh, well,
0: that <laughs> may be true, but I don't think John has any problem. At no, I know.
1: I'm messing with. <laughs> let me
0: see if I can uh, share this real quickly. I think I got it uh, pretty quick access to it. This is uh, this John posted this today. He works with kids, uh, teaching them boxing. Look, look at the. Oh, yeah.
1: Look at
0: this guy. That's not bad, huh? Yeah, it's good. When I was a kid that age, I wanted to be a boxer. And then yeah. somebody kicked my ass at school, and I said, fuck
1: this. a <laughs> Buffon is a big, big man for, uh, you know, for the boxing.
0: Yeah. Uh, the PJ, what... What tape review show are you talking about? You talking about Science Fiction, or are you talking about, uh, uh, you, uh, talking about something else? Uh, because we're we're developing some movie review shows because I know that's a a huge area of interest for everyone, uh, and I'm a big movie guy myself, so working on a couple of ideas but uh, send me your thoughts PJ and uh we'll we'll t- we'll talk about that send them to me on uh, uh Twitter DM or hit me up on my Is that email. the Danny
1: Shemin show I think he's talking about right with
0: you Oh Danny? that's what he's talking about bare mm-hmm. truth, Bear truth. Yes. Yep. Yeah 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 that that is something I definitely want to do is more uh review of clips the the, the problem is is that it takes a little time to collect all that stuff, and uh, Danny doesn't do it. Danny screens it, and then I got to do the technical stuff, and I'm just slammed. Well, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, but you're absolutely right. We really need to add more clips to the Bear Truth. Uh, so yep. we'll, uh, we'll, and we've got some shows planned during the off season where we'll be looking at tape as well, particularly of uh, players that the Bears have either acquired. Or uh or thinking about acquiring before the free agency in the draft uh commence. So we've got some stuff coming at you, PJ. Thanks Very for that nice, comment. Man. I'm totally, totally with you. I, I do right. want to agree
1: with uh, the chat said that Larry Borum should be left tackle. Tevin Jenkins, right, totally on board with that. Larry yeah. Borum is uh is a good player. He can easily handle the left
9: side.
0: Yeah, you know, I I I'm I'm always a little bit leery when a guy has not played a lot of left tackle in college and then moving him over. That's kind of a big thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I just wish. I my my biggest hope is that Peters comes back and plays the rest of the season at left tackle because you want as long as Fields is the quarterback, if Dalton is out there, yeah, then shit. You know, send Tooch out there to play left tackle.
5: Let's see matter. what he's
0: got.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, yeah, Tuch, you don't you're the need back. To play.
1: Tevin Jenkins right now, you know, you don't need to
0: play. I I, I don't think he's, you know, anywhere near as polished, just simply because he hasn't gotten the reps and practice and so forth. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong many, 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 many times. All right, I appreciate everything you do. And I appreciate everyone who has stuck with us here to the bitter and 1130 uh, Chicago. time. And and, uh, again, we'll be back here tomorrow with more programming. Uh, Take care and thanks, everybody.
1: Good night.